0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts
1: The mayor this morning is talking about a rare weather event that caused freezing temperatures and heavy snowfall back in 2018 for the beast of the E from the east we could get something like that, a cold snap anyway, I don't know if it's going to be anything like that phenomenon in 2018 or the, indeed the big freeze of 20. Uh, 10 but certainly a cold snap on the way and you'll see a difference by the middle of next week. Awful news of course for people who are already struggling trying to keep their homes warm Uh, but we'll have to see what happens but certainly a dip and a bit of a cold snap coming in. Uh, Sadly you heard in the news there at 9 that the Guardian are investigating a fatal road traffic incident that occurred uh, yesterday on the Middleton Road, you know, the N25. It was about quarter past nine last night, and a male pedestrian, a man in his sixties, received fatal injuries during the incident. Now it doesn't make the the papers, but certainly the guardia are looking for anybody that may have witnessed what went on. You can contact Middleton Garda Station on four six six two one double five zero. It's an O two four number four six two one double five zero. Technical examination was coming on the air this morning. Um, that area of the road remains closed. So it's a sad story, loss of life uh, on the N25. Uh, the incredibly brave story of um, a woman who went through an horrific ordeal but saw her attacker go to jail yesterday for 11 and a half years makes many of the newspapers. Uh, Simone Lee, uh, who uh, was in the Central Criminal Court yesterday for. The uh, the verdict and indeed the sentence uh, was, you know, she was hailed by the judge for her bravery as her attacker, 39-year-old Christopher Stokes, was jailed for 11 and a half years. I hope to have more on this story in a few minutes' time. It's an example of abuse, for sure it is. It's an example of coercive and controlling partners. Uh, it certainly is all of that. But what she went through, um, and in fact, she had been attacked similarly by another individual some years before, and it's thought that... Um, Christopher Stokes was copying the previous incident where she was also beaten, scalded with ammonia acid and boiling water uh, and left for dead in a flat that was then, then set on fire. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But this thug, you wouldn't call him a man, got jail yesterday. More on that in in a few minutes' time. You know, guardy working alone, particularly on overnight shifts after midnight, particularly this one, Garda had to call for backup when he stopped a driver suspect for suspected drink driving. He ended up being obstructed, threatened, and assaulted and injured by the passenger in the car. Now, this passenger pleaded guilty to a series of charges arising out of the incident, including assault causing harm against the Garda. And that was before the court district court, a fellow by the name of Leslie Keppel from Mayfield, uh, has been sentenced to six months in prison uh, for that. In fact, many of the newspapers talk about, you know, the life and times of members of on Garda Chaconid. Do you know that uh, last year, 2022, Members of Angarda Shecona attended 54,000 domestic abuse complaints. And those figures are on the rise. The amount of calls, the amount of incidents of domestic abuse here in the Republic of Ireland. And another another suspected attack on a trans woman makes the front of this morning's examiner. And Owen English carries this. The victim, in her 40s, suffered several lacerations to her head, suspected fractured hand, in a violent daytime attack down in the Skahard Road area. And this was Thursday, as in yesterday, and it's, uh, well, actually it was, my apologies, it was it was last Thursday, my, my apologies, last week, uh, Tuesday of last week, February 21st, I need to correct that, it was half past one in the day. The victim, a transgender woman. Um, and that is the story that makes the front of this morning's uh, examiner. And also you have the uh, radio newsreader and presenter, uh, pierce mccarthy appearing in Bandon district court on charges of having quantities of uh, cannabis cocaine and ecstasy worth over 13 grand for sale and supply uh, that makes this morning's echo and examiner today and you know these laser attacks they hear on airplanes happens to helicopters as well uh, with own english again in the examiner talking about a laser attack on a coast Guard search and rescue helicopter good god This is a West Cork story. It obviously put the aircraft at risk because they say that these lasers directed at any aircraft into the cockpit, whether it's a plane or indeed in this case a helicopter, bounces, the laser beam bounces around the cockpit. It distracts, it disorientates and it temporarily blinds the pilots on the flight decks. Do these morons... With the lasers, actually, they must realise what they're doing and the dangers they're posing. Uh, you know, in the times that we live in this morning, we hear of delivery drivers using food banks. This isn't the first time I dealt with this story in the air some months ago, where you have either students who are here uh, on language courses, or indeed, clearly, people who are homeless and starving and don't have food, but even those that are working, the delivery drivers who are using food banks. And Katrina Toomey uh, tells the examiner this morning that uh, Penny Dinner sees um, workers coming in starving and pleading for food. And obviously, because of what they do, Katrina Toomey and Penny Dinners refuse nobody under any circumstances, and they're fed. You see, Tommy Gould then was uh, turned into uh, a mercy dash, not an ambulance driver, but he certainly drove a young woman to hospital four minutes away from the hospital because uh, the ambulance said that there were going to be 40 minutes before they get there. So he instead, instead drove the young woman. I suppose he was telling this story in the door, not to get any kudos for himself, but to tell him how crazy the ambulance situation is in Ireland, and that's a typical example of it. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden is coming to Ireland. Apparently, he's planning on spending a week here. Now, it all has to do with the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement and and issues in Northern Ireland seemingly sorted out, and you know, new new import export deals for people in the north and all that kind of stuff. He's going to row in now. Everything is settled, so here comes Joe. Uh, So it's like a Here We Joe headline, making this morning's mirror. Now, he's also gone on the hunt for his relatives in Mayo and Louth. Whether he'll come down this side of the country, I don't know. If he has any taste at all, of course, or any cop-on and knows his island of Ireland, he will come to to Cork and West Cork, but we'll have to wait and see. That politi- that um, GAA fraudster. That's a story that keeps on giving. Because this morning, the star is saying that one of the country's top politicians apparently offered to give this GAA legend a hundred and twenty grand for cancer treatment. He knew the star apparently, and apparently they bumped into each other at a corporate charity golf uh, on the corporate charity golf circuit, and the player told him he couldn't afford to have any more cancer treatment because he'd have the money for it, he'd run out of cash. So the politician said, I'll give you 120 grand, but send me the bank account details for the hospital in the US and I'll send them the money directly. Bank account details were never sent and he never heard from the GAA legend again. Um, You know, talking about sport, I was talking yesterday about the fact that they're learning to play Gaelic football in Cambodia. There's a story in the Star this morning uh, of um, people in Africa, particularly in Uganda, who are learning to play hurling. (laughs) I think that's brilliant because hurling anytime any tourists or foreigners watch hurling they think it's the most incredible game they ever saw so it must be the same in the likes of Cambodia or the on the uh, on the continent of Africa when they see hurling being played by the professionals and a hurling legend has gone out there apparently the former Kilkenny Kilkenny forward Aidan Fogarty heading to Uganda for St Patrick's Day to give workshops to 120 school children who have fallen in love with the game And if you are struggling as to when to work out what to eat and the time to eat it, some interesting research in the sun this morning. Say if you love ice cream or coffee or cake or chocolate, that stuff is best eaten in the morning if you're eating it at all. I'm just not suggesting you should be eating ice cream at half six in the morning, but they're saying any kind of frozen stuff at all, the minute you wake up improves your mental prowess. So, ice cream, the minute you get out of bed. A couple of other ones for you. If it's coffee and cake you like, 10 o'clock in the morning for that, everybody. 10 a.m. for the coffee and the cake. If it's chocolate you like to tuck into, 10 o'clock for the coffee and the cake, 11 o'clock for the chocolate. And that's it then. Chocolate is done for the day. But what I love about this, because there's nothing nicer years and years ago, I have done it a long time now, is having a bowl of cornflakes, ideally crunchy nut cornflakes, At 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening with cold milk. Oh my God, I think it's one of the greatest treats. You'll agree with me, I know other people do that as well. 7 o'clock in the evening for that. No earlier, nor no later. So at least the good treat is 7 o'clock for the cold milk and and cereal. But if it's a pint that you like, say for instance a pint of cider or a glass of red wine, that's all very well. But did you know that it will then take you 5,000 steps to burn off the calories in that pint? So go work it. Two of them is 10,000, four of them is 20,000, and so on and so forth. (laughs) I pass it on just for what it's worth. 5,000 steps to burn off a pint. Walk home, I suppose. (laughs) Walk briskly home after the pint. Walk even further if it's two pints. We have to be serious about this because the Mail says that half of the world's population will be overweight by 2023. Pardon me, 2035. So in 12 years' time, half of the world's population will be overweight and it's just going from bad to worse. The best hairstyle for the most fun, apparently, according to The Sun this morning, is the mullet, which was very popular in the 1980s. It's still popular, still knocking around, like Rod Stewart still has a mullet, hasn't he? I was reading somewhere recently that Rod Stewart says that he uses mayonnaise on his locks, or at least to use to, not hair jar, I think, mayonnaise to get the shape that he needs. I don't know in the sun whether there would be if the sun was shining down on a mayonnaise mullet would there be a bit of a pong off it I don't know but apparently in total he's spending 6,000 euro a year he splashes out on his brilliant hair but anyway they say this morning that people with mullets uh, enjoy an average of five nights out a month compared to three for the rest of those with other hairstyles (laughs) How do they come up with these surveys? I mean, he sits down and says, let's drill into how much fun mullets have.
2: The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for interactive speech program at the EMRO Radio Awards 2022. Court, Red FM. Absolutely,
1: and it's also Free Food Friday, your opportunity to scoop food for 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves and Rooster's Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Very simple, all you've got to do is text who you are and where you are, where you're working and why you think you should deserve Free Food Friday today. And Red Patrollers will be delivering it at this lunchtime, so it's your opportunity to get the food sorted for you and all of your tribe at work. So text who you are and where you are to 868 104-106. But I want to go straight uh, to the phone lines this morning because I'm very, very keen uh, to catch up uh, with a woman who is so, so brave. I'm not just saying that. The judge said it yesterday, what she's been through, not on one occasion, but on two different occasions. It makes all of the papers this morning. Uh, I am, of course, talking about Simone Lee, and she joins me by phone. Simone, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Firstly, can I say thank you very much because I know you are worn out trying to do as I'm many. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are drained doing radio, television, and newspaper interviews, but you're doing it because it's important the message gets out there to women, isn't it? And indeed, men yes. or anyone involved in coercive, controlling behavior, yeah?
3: Yes.
1: Yesterday's sentence, were you happy with it?
4: Trailed over the moon.
1: Did you expect it would be uh, 12 years with six months suspended?
4: Um, I didn't know what to expect, but I knew for so long he wouldn't tell the truth. He pleaded guilty up to Monday. Mm.
1: Not guilty until Monday, yeah. Yeah.
4: Sorry, he pleaded not guilty up to Monday. Yeah,
1: yeah. It came as a relief to you. You were there. Did you give a victim impact statement? I did. And is that how we learned all about the horrific assault at the hands of Christopher Stokes?
4: Yeah. Go
1: ahead. And the effects on you? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Simone.
4: Um, it was just oh my god, what he that literally' it was horrific. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I'm even alive, and that's the truth. But I never.
1: No, it's not a great phone line, you see, Simone. It's, it's breaking up anyway. I'm keen to hear every single word you have to say. Can you hear me okay? Yeah.
4: Okay, perfect.
1: Okay, okay. Because we are talking about this attack on you in May of 2021 in the apartment in in Limerick. Do you get upset talking about that day?
4: Um, I don't get it. It's just I've been talking to so many newspapers. Yeah, yeah. And interviews and that. It's kind of it's traumatic. Like
1: because you end up living the event over again. Do you mind me just saying, for people who may not know, it was such a horrific attack, you thought you would be left for dead. He attacked you, he placed a bin liner over your head, he beat you, he doused you with ammonia acid, he then poured boiling water over you, he then covered you in broken bits of furniture and put the apartment on fire. Good God, you must have thought you were not going to survive
4: so many occasions I dead because you kept on saying to me, "No one's going to miss you." He said that he was going to chop me up and bury me in Charleville and the other witnesses' land..
1: How did you get out? How did you save yourself?:
4: um, I, I didn't know at the time at the time. I, I heard a fire alarm at 10 to four. I was on the floor in the middle of my living room. And when I, kind of, when I looked up through the rubble and that, I could kind of see this little flame. I don't know how, it just pushed everything off me, and I ran.
1: But he had barricaded the door on the inside with
4: a fridge. I Honestly, I don't know. He was supposed to have the front door barricaded as well, because the next morning, my sister drove down at four o'clock that morning. There was all like bits of chairs and clothes and that outside the front door.
1: He stayed in the apartment as well, with you.
4: He passed out in my bedroom.
1: So by, by you getting out, actually, you technically saved his life as well.
4: Yes. I'll never know, did he want to kill me or me and him? I'll never know that.
1: Would you say that fight or flight kicked in and you just mustered whatever courage you could to get out from under the rubble, get the door open and get out?
4: Yeah, I, I learned that into a mind: fight, flight or freeze. And I just got up, I, I, my instinct kicked in, I just got up and ran. I didn't think of anybody being in the apartment.
1: Were you in horrific pain at the time, bearing in mind now we are talking about acid and boiling water?
4: Oh my God! I was in agony. So I was I was blind for three
1: days. Blind for three days. Suffered severe burns to your face, neck, trunk, eyelids. You, uh, he, he had also, um, an, in an earlier attack before that, with another boyfriend, similar things happened to you. Left you with a brain injury. You, inact- yeah. you were stabbed during that attack. Do you think? Did did um did Stokes actually tell you that he was going to finish off what the other thug did to you?
4: He said, "I'm going to finish off what the other agent started." He had googled what happened to me. I had said how lucky I was to have made a full recovery to him after the first attack.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your but your relationship with with Stokes itself, um, while it wasn't a, a full relationship as stuff it was such, it was more more friendship, wasn't it? But he took control of your life leading up to this, didn't he? <clears throat>
4: Oh, he started, um, I didn't realise till I was in hospital, because I started keeping the journal to write things down, to try and make sense of what happened. He was blocking all my friends' numbers on my phone. He was changing my password to the same password as him. It was him that was, if somebody knocked on my door, he was answering the door, and he would decide to leave them in or not.
1: He was trying to isolate you from everybody, family and friends. Did family and friends know and realise that he was doing this? Or did they think no. that you had... No, what, would they, what did they think?
4: Um, If I had told my family, believe me, they would have told me just get him out, run. My friends all said, Simone, there's something strange with him. And I was like, no, it's lousy. Um, he said, he's okay. I just didn't realise.
1: And do you mind me asking, on that day, he... Obviously, he flipped. Do you recall why? Like, how it started? What kicked off this attack on you that could have lost less led to the loss of your life?
4: He was saying to them, he had no maintenance money and he couldn't see his kids.
1: Yeah, but what's that got to do with the attack upon you? He just went, I, went crazy.
4: He went, I mean, I've seen angry people in my life, but nothing like this. There was no stopping him.
1: And... What was the what was hospital like and and the you were blind for a period of time you suffered horrific burns obviously um, physical and mental injuries um, what what was that like and the recovery
4: hospital um, you see when I was in the region I was in the region first for a couple of weeks I think two weeks they couldn't give me pain medication because I had a bleed to the brain. <sighs> Over the assault, um, and they were just doing their best, you know my it was my back that was burnt um it wasn't my face, it was the... um oh god the the other stuff that threw in my face But it only it that burned my eyes, but that's
1: why you were blind. Did you think that you would remain blind?
4: Of course i did when i had, when I made my statements the the night that I was there, I couldn't see a thing the guards had to hold my pen so I could just sign SL I couldn't sign my name I couldn't
1: see oh my god that's terrible hold your hand to sign your initials mother of god to happen for this to happen to you twice at the hands of men is just horrific it really and truly is horrific I don't know
4: how I'm alive but
1: I am yeah you are
4: and on top of that then of
1: course all of your possessions your whole life was destroyed in the apartment in the flat wasn't
4: it yeah, everything. I lost everything. I became homeless after that.
1: You lost your clothes, you lost all of your furniture, you lost all of your treasured photographs and possessions. Yeah. And ended up then effectively homeless and in a yeah. co- emergency accommodation because of it.
4: I ended up in the Limerick City Hotel for a number of weeks, then the pods, Um and then Tome to and House, they were all hostels, and I didn't deserve to be in no, a hostels. No,
1: no, no.
4: I'm and, still in emergency accommodation today, like.
1: And tell me, um, it had a serious impact on you, ongoing, of course. Um, I think you suffered quite an am- amount of nightmares and had awful trouble slippi- sleeping, is that right?
4: I didn't sleep for over a year after it happened. I could still hear his voice. I had post-traumatic stress disorder because of it. I never knew what that was. But believe me, it's scary. I'd still hear his voice, even in hospital. If I heard a noise, I'd jump over my skin.
1: You hear him, as you're pleading with him to stop, you hear him saying, nobody cares about you. Your nobody family won't about care for anyway. you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to finish the job 100%. Yeah. How are you now? Are you stronger now?
4: Oh, I'm much stronger now. I went to um treatment in mine in Limerick for five months and it's actually made me the person that I am today. I wouldn't have been able to do any of this, only for them.
1: And you had then to wait for the court cases, didn't you? That wait must have been awfully hard.
4: Oh, it was, it was horrible. It, was like it's, it would it'd be two years on May 10th this year.
1: I know, yeah, yeah. And wouldn't it take an awful lot of bravery to walk into a courtroom, Simone?
4: Oh, my God, yeah. But you did Nobody could say that I was shaken, but I was. I know.
1: I know. Everybody is talking about it because, you know, it was such an awful thing to happen. Not once, but twice. And both of the men got jail time for it. Thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah. But what message would you like to put out to others, uh, albeit women or men who were victims and perhaps living in relationships like this, that ultimately might spill over into the vicious attack that you suffered?
4: Oh, please, God. You see, he wasn't, he was a friend, and I would stress a friend. He yeah. was not a boyfriend or oh, a partner. That's right. And he had no right to do that. Um, I didn't think it would escalate to the, what did it escalate to? Please, if somebody starts trying to control you, if they try, start to isolate you, tell you you can't talk to this person, that person. Block numbers, take passwords. I didn't even know this was coercive control until I said to the ladies in um, ADAPT. Mm. Mm. Please ask somebody for help, ask anyone for help. Ask the shopkeeper, the person in the post office. I didn't think any human being would do what he did to me and he didn't stop until he thought I was dead.
1: You are so lucky to be alive. You really and truly blessed. are. You are blessed. Indeed you are. Yeah. Blessed, I am. Yeah. And and you're very brave in the sense that you went through and you said what you had to say and you gave your evidence and you were in the Cork Central Criminal Court. But what of the rest of your life now? Um, picking yourself up. I know you've, you're doing that and you're on a, a journey now maybe to get yourself somewhere decent to live and have independent yes. living. Is that next?
4: Yes, yes, I can't wait. Is it a relief to you then? I didn't realise how the impact had on me, but as I said to the guards, it was like I had a chain around my neck and it was actually cut.
1: Good. That's good. Listen, you have had a very, very exhausting 24 hours, Simone, but I am very grateful that you took the call this morning because you've gone through a lot of interviews, but it's important that the people of Cork hear from you as well. So thank you very much for that. No problem. And look after yourself. I will of
4: course. I think I'll go back to sleep now for an hour. <laughs> Please do. And
1: I because you got out of bed to talk to me. You are so yes. so kind. Thank you, Simone. Mind yourself. No problem. Okay, thank
4: you. Bye. All the best.
1: Take care. Okay. Bye. Lines open on O eight one eight one oh four one oh six. I, I just get shivers down my whole whole body talking to people like Simone Lee for their bravery considering what they've been went through and to get out of bed this morning um, literally exhausted to talk to me I think that's an incredible thing and I am so grateful to her talk to Neil Prenderbill now
2: 0818 104 106
1: Cork's Red FM and you can always email Neil at redfm.ie if indeed you have a story that you'd like to share quite an amount of emails and texts over the past couple of days on different topics Um, I want to stay with one that came in by email though and emails are fine to read but it's always better to talk to the individuals involved and Mark joins me I Mark good morning good morning Neil you? Uh, it says you you literally haven't have had enough having worked your whole adult life provided for the children did what millions and millions of parents do to try and make life as easy as possible uh, for your loved ones Where's it all gone wrong
3: Um, oh, tell me <laughs> where do you think like it's like you did the best you can yeah it's just look at the answer it's just one thing after another need, um, look uh, so I know it's it, everyone has got the same answer. So just look, it's after the evening up now, it's going to go up. So hopefully everybody's right. Um, but yeah, it's just literally everything happened at one go. Um,
1: so the the issue really that, that kind of put the crux on it was um, collapsing many, many times because of heart issues, wasn't it? But you're you're young.
3: Yeah, yeah strange. Um, It's strange. It was can't they actually that's that's what it's down there they're, they're saying that's my heart they need to um, see a specialist they need to do so many tests and but it's just waiting for this to happen you know um, but look I, I, I'm I'm doing good I'm, I can get a little bit every day yeah? I'm fine but it's just it's putting a hold on everything I can't um, I can't get work I can't I can't get home I can't do anything that I want to really um, until this is sorted so it's it's literally after taking the window and you
1: say. Um, so how, how how is it that you would be either sleeping on the floor in the parents' or friends' homes, or even sometimes sleeping in your car? Well,
3: how did it, how, how did it come to that? Um, unfortunately, I had my lovely home, um, like everybody else. Um, but look, they had to separate. After a long time. Yeah. And no, I appreciate,
1: that. Yeah, I won't no. drill into that. Uh, but no, be, but you do. You you must have had summer because you had. You used to have the kids with you on weekends and things, wasn't
3: it? Yeah. Yeah. It's for like mainly using friends. The friends weren't in town yeah, and didn't live have your house, you know, I lived there. you could have free rain. But in fairness to them, but you you'd never get that lucky every week, you know. And it's you're know, basically we on having the space. Which is oh, I see. Cause
1: so since the since the separation, you've been homeless and been relying on family and others then? Exactly. And then you lose the job. And, um, of course, that goes from bad to worse. Uh, yeah. What kind of income is coming in, though?
3: Um, basically, again, um, my illness. Benefit here, yeah, That's it. Which um, just isn't enough. And I we went from having a very, very decent wage to absolutely trying to survive on nothing, which I don't know anyone. It's uh, it's a quarter, it's less than a quarter when it was on. Again. You'd be
1: just in and around just over two hundred
3: euro kind of thing, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Simon, it's, it's unbelievable. You actually, it's I can't. It's, it's still to this day, and I'm, I, I'm a few months under my belt to be honest. And it, I just that money is frightening, absolutely.
1: Have you been to homeless shelters? Have you been to
3: Simon or Vincent's or? <laughs> No, mm-hmm. to be honest, I I've hoping to, and unfortunately, I don't like saying this, but I was hoping that it wouldn't get to that stage. It wouldn't come to that, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Would you prefer, we, you said in the email, to sleep on the streets or sleep rough before that?
3: To be honest, yeah, because like, there's, there's people out there who literally, unfortunately, can't do anything. Um, other than being in position, that's running on the streets, and um, whereas I can actually physically walk, I can, I'm, I, I can do something. But I just, unfortunately, there's too many people saying I can't. And um, when it comes down to health, I suppose I have to do it, but I have to wait, um, which is the annoying part of it because I feel, I feel that I can get. up work and try and get everything I can but the, so.
1: job won't, the job doesn't agree because of the heart issues of course that's like, that's like a bit of a ticking
3: time bomb in your chest isn't it? exactly yeah. um, so I, I, I kind of they seem to be the experts so I have to listen to them for better so
1: you have to just cool the jets and do nothing but you, you say that you get a feeling that people look at you as if you're a useless layabout why, why do you feel that way?
3: Well, you're, you're doing grand until someone asks you what you're doing or what's happening. And the minute, I don't you know, it, is it just the way everybody's actually switching on but the minute you say, like, I'm currently out of work for her, you can see his role, you know, or a head, you can tell straight off. People if work, you
1: say yeah. to somebody, I'm currently out of work because of health reasons, they kind yeah. of look at you. you
3: and get just- 50%. We believe that. And 50% We think, God oh, this fellow just wants to stay home close feet up or, you know, trying to get away with doing nothing or, you're going to have that side of it as well um unfortunately so if you actually like if you find a home or a property around the place and you, you are not working the landlords to just literally don't even entertain you yeah without a job yeah, yeah, forget yeah, it yeah.
1: an unemployed 34 man with health problems wouldn't be top of their agenda
3: god no and this is the thing I had a lady and she was a lady absolute lady she had a, a property that she was going to let me um because of my experience of renovations and um Unfortunately, eventual because you because um, I had a daughter that needed a house, which is fine. But it was ideal, you know. It was a fixer-upper, and that's.
1: Oh my God! There are so many of those. Have you seen all the boarded-up properties?
3: Terrifying. I walk this place every night, every single night, and I can the amount of houses I can tell you the addresses. It's terrible. Where um, do you walk at night? I walk the whole city. I walk mainly the north side. That's where I am. Um, mm. I walk Malballoon, Mayfield, Glen.
1: Every night you go a long walk. Every night,
3: it's um, it's nice to walk home because um, when uh, when the city's asleep, she she reveals all her secrets. <laughs> Is that
1: overnight you do your walking, like?
3: Yeah, I don't sleep much.
1: <laughs> That's so lonely, though, isn't it, to be walking the streets in the middle of the night?
3: Well, it's actually it's grand. It's it relaxes me. It's fine. More I know. I know. It'll break away. <laughs>
1: if you can't sleep, I suppose it's better to get out there. I suppose, isn't it? Exactly. Well, you must be struggling mentally to say that you, because you said to me, "I have literally had
3: enough." Yeah.
1: What does that mean?
3: It's, at that time, unfortunately, I was um, very, very, very frustrated. And um, just she keeps happening. Sorry, my language. Yeah, I can understand. Wrong. Everything comes against you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to, I'm you know, just trying to take the knees and the scared worry, take a breath here now, and you can you can get your stuff again. But it just keeps it, it keeps getting punched in the chest and. Um, Get to win, after all your sales, you know. But, see, I know, it was, um, I, 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 I'm not sure it a bit better than I did yesterday. Um, there's a bit of a better day. But, um, yeah, look, I can't do nothing but just get on with it and hope for the good you know.
1: And, I, and I, as I say, I'm not going to dwell on this, but it is sad when relationships break down for various reasons because you were saying that the kids always had what they needed, uh, not flash holidays or anything like that, but the yeah. simple privileges that they need, normal life, new clothes, school education, food on the table. Do you feel as if you've failed in that regard now?
3: You see, this is, this is what's happening. Then. And I, I, it's a lot of, a lot of gang that I know um, that have kind of similar situations. And I know through the lockdown, families have been, Jesus, a lot of families have been broken up with. Yeah,
1: this. it's been
3: uh, bad. Yeah. and it's been down to well it looks not only down to um, mm-hmm. the house there's we're for unfortunately backing ourselves into but people don't spend enough time with each other and that's exactly it everyone is buying so much to fill their time so they're just filling time with each other you know it's mad yeah
1: was there a time when you were working in the trades that you were actually doing renovation for the council yes. yep you were going oh in God. and renovating the houses that were boarded up to turn them around
3: Exactly. Yeah, we were in and yeah,
1: every that was my job for for three days. Doing work on them, tearing things out, replacing them, getting them ready for. So slow yeah. though the turnaround. Would you agree with me?
5: Um,
3: way too slow.
1: So what would you like to happen now? Because you deserve a break at thirty-four years old. I mean, what would you like to see happen? A job somewhere to
3: live. Yeah, that's it basically. So I, I wish out of everything. Um, look, you can live and breathe, but it's best to call around is it, you know? Yeah. Have to be said for if if a fella had a home, he wouldn't be um he would be half the stress. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of people in my, in my position, you know. Um, unfortunately. The job team look actually, come eventually, hopefully. Get get to put anything, it's just it's a home so it can take me if it's a least. The yeah, from the yeah. Do you that, think that, so that men
1: aren't prioritised like single fathers like you? You know, never been in trouble, always paid your bills, did what you had to do, but that you yeah. wouldn't be prioritised as a single man?
3: There's, yeah. A, look, unfortunately, I mean, you actually are not going to point or say where it came from or anything, but we have been told basically, honestly, very, very honestly, by a nice lady that it, that's the reality of a Single man can literally get out and go to work or a single man can disappear and do it is basically what I was told um, you, vision. you don't have the responsibilities of Yeah, the yeah that But you listen, know, I I agree know, it. It. yeah, yeah
1: well, it's good of you to say that that there are others that would be prioritised possibly um, people with young children who are homeless Homeless. at least your children still have a roof overhead you see, but just funny. you know your heart issue um, yeah. could it kill you if you did hard work?
3: Uh, you see, this is the thing. The episodes that I was having, I know, obviously, uh, I had no control of it. It was just literally, like, plates out. Um, but a lot of stress and a lot of trouble around the same time. And um, I, I, I was a firm believer, and I said this to, to my GP and I said this to the, to the company's uh, doctor. The same thing. Uh, it's stress. That it's you know a lot of a lot of elements not just one thing I know the heart I have an erratic problem with the heart but it can't kill me it's not going to put me into the ground Um, you know it'll probably definitely upset me for the rest of the day oh sure um, I know
1: but they're saying no you can't come back we need a clean bill of health insurance insists on it the company doctor says no what's your heart specialist said?
3: Uh, that's the thing haven't seen him yet haven't seen
1: him yet yeah
3: no Yeah. Um, that list is um my name is on anyway, and that's what I was told. Um, and I've been trying to see, I try my OGP every every couple of weeks and look, everything's still fine. And no, and I can understand her point of view. She doesn't mind putting her arms I know.
1: When's your last block? When's your last blackout? Uh, it was just before Christmas. Right. Okay. Yeah. And the email that you said sent to me saying I've literally had enough. <laughs> when you're homeless, you're tagged as useless in a layabout, um, and yeah. that men. You know, people don't want to know about single fathers. What do you hope to achieve from it?
3: Well, you see, in your own, in my eyes, that the same thing. Especially when it comes down to the kids, you want the kids to be um, to be happy every time you, you take them away. You know, you want you know that they want to go with you. They don't have to be going. So to have your own space for them, so that they know but if you're annoying them basically <laughs> they can get away with me. You know, they need their own. On, yeah, so you want it name. to be ideal? Yes, exactly. Okay. I don't okay. want it to be you know something that you have to
1: do. So it's a cry from the heart for somewhere to live. Yes. Exactly.
3: yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Let us see from this conversation what might come of it. All right, Mark? No problem, my friend. Okay, no well thank you so much for calling me that and I say it back to you, my friend as well. Um and hopefully things will improve and let's see what comes from it. But do stay in touch and I'll be back to you if anything happens in this regard following our chat, all right?
3: Not about me. Thank you very much.
1: Fair play, Mark. Thank you so much. Yeah, mind yourself, mind yourself. Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six if you can help. Who knows what might be who might be listening and how they may be able to intervene. But it is a cry from the heart and yet another story. None of them are typical, none of them are the same. But all of them are incredibly sad.
2: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86 8104
1: Red FM. So from hurling in Uganda to Gaelic football in Cambodia and back to soccer here on side, I saw the Cork branch of the Irish Soccer Referees Society issue a statement to members during the week following... Um, uh, what's regarded as an alleged recent serious incident that happened in Carrigaline, uh, where the referee was afe- officiating a youth match apparently the ref, it is said in the performance of officiating the match was subjected to criticism verbal abuse and threats to his safety and life by spectators, players and coaching staff the referee society said it resulted in the abandonment of the match and the referee running to seek refuge in the changing room behind a locker door. Incredible, isn't it? Um, Pat Kelly himself has been uh, a referee for many, many years. He actually wrote the book on it, and he joins me by phone. Pat, good morning. Can you hear me all right? Pat? Yeah? There you are. My apologies. Um, this doesn't come as any surprise to you, I would say, does it?
0: Not really, Neil. I mean, we have been trying to get referees, young referees in particular, into staff matches on a weekly basis. And this has been going on for years. The abuse of referees from either parents, parents, uh, coaches, uh, supporters of clubs, and, uh, you know, it's an ongoing thing. And it stops us from it stops young people from coming into the game to try and make a career for
1: themselves. There's been 234 incidents of officials being physically assaulted, threatened, or abused at matches reported um, uh, up to October of 2022 for the year January to October 22. 234. If you said that over 10 years, it would be shocking. But this is a calendar year.
0: Yeah, it's frightening. It's frightening, and, you know, I said a couple of years ago, something is going to happen. Something serious is going to happen to some referee or some player. Uh, Something serious or even worse because of the abuse that's going on and the way people treat referees. You know, it's just, it's not acceptable.
1: Have we it? Yeah, but but this is these are youth games, Pat. Um, yeah, you know they, they they say it was the spectators, the players, and the coaching staff. Yeah. So he's getting it from all sides. Runs into a changing room and uh, hides behind a locked door.
0: What? Yeah. unfortunately, that's the way it is. That's, um, that's
1: physical, verbal intimidation.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I have the highest respect for every club in the country, let alone the city and county. But um, it's gone beyond the club's control as well, as far as I'm concerned. That there's something serious going on that uh, the clubs can't control. And it's not through their
1: fault. No, I mean, I'm not in any way any aspersions on Carrigaline United. They are doing their no, own no. extensive investigation. Not sure what yeah. the guard involvement might be in this one. But, you know, clubs in general, do they take the results in the leagues too seriously? We are talking about 16 to 18-year-olds. Yeah. see, we can even go lower than that to
0: the school boys'
1: league. Under 15s, yeah.
0: Yeah, where the coaches, and even lower, where the coaches are sometimes their parents. And if they see the young fella not getting the, the correct decision from the referee, they they take on the referee and they show abuse at the referee. And parents, I've said this in the past, parents are probably the worst of all because they think the young fella or young girl is going to be the next superstar coming out of this city.
1: But even if they are very good. talented and will move on to the big leagues, they needs to be taught respect of the referee. They do, of course. You said last that's year, right. you told Extra.ie last year, that a parent came up to, uh, or at least, sorry, John Sweeney, the secretary of the, of the refs branch for 17 years. He said, last year, we had a parent come up to one of our 20-year-old refs threatening to kill him three times in an under-15 right. game. That's right, yeah. Like, that probably is in the heat of the moment, but you must take all threats seriously.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't in the heat of the moment because this happened after the match a few years ago. It happened after the match in the car park where the game was over and the referee was going, a young referee was going to his car and he was verbally abused by a parent.
1: But your referees mustn't be enjoying officiating matches if they think that this could threat. This kind of a thing could potentially happen at any match.
0: Well, as I said, it deters people from coming into the game, and the day is going to come where you see it every week. Uh, the boys league would have their fixture list up, and TBC to be confirmed the referee because they don't have a referee for the game, and that's the problem. You know, people are going to be on they, the streets because, because they don't have enough referees to referee their matches.
1: Because John Sweeney said that's the reason why local referees are just dropping like flies. Yep. Couldn't you would, agree with him more. Yeah. And I mean, this is nothing new. You had your nose broken in the 70s at an FAI game, didn't you? I had my nose broken twice. <laughs> Do you recall the reason behind that? Was it a player? An official? A spectator?
0: Um, the first time it happened was a player Um, you know and it went to court I had to bring him to court because that was the procedure you go to the guards you bring a case against him and he was found guilty in the court and it happened to me with a spectator after where it went to court as well and the person involved was fined 10 pounds at the time
1: so in both cases both nose broken cases there was uh, a, a fine
0: yeah, and uh, with regard to the the uh, spectator, he was born to the peace as well.
1: The stats for 2022 are very sad because we are second in the league table behind Dublin for the number of incidents of referee abuse, including physical assault and verbal aggressive behaviour. In 2022, Dublin's had 40, Cork's had 25. And then when you total all the rest of the country, I'd say there isn't a, country that es- a county that escapes it Two hundred and thirty-four,
0: and it's not just in soccer. I'm sure.
1: I'm no, sure it's, it's uh, the same in other sports. Yes, but w- would you ever hear of it in rugby? No. So why are referees in rugby treated different to you guys in soccer?
0: Well, I always envied the rugby referees. I can tell you because they had the highest respect, and I think it comes from the beginning. The underage, the underage set up in all clubs, in all sports, I think rugby have uh, got their people to respect
1: the referee. Would you be calling for coaches to, you know, calm down, you know, don't be taking it so seriously? Would you be telling parents to cop themselves on and keep their mouth shut and enjoy the game? Definitely.
0: And I know we're all passionate about sports and our own kids when they played football. We we like to see them winning and all. What does a limit to how far you can go
1: with this? Not that this is any kind of an excuse just finally, because nobody should be threatened in any way, shape or form. But maybe people are unhappy with the calibre of refereeing or the decisions that are being made or the training of the refs these days, Pat.
0: Maybe. Maybe that's the case as well. But... These coaches and um, people who would not make playoffs, we encourage them to take, they, they can still be involved in the sport by becoming a referee. But the likes of this prevent people
1: from taking up the wisdom. Very sad. Very sad. Thanks for taking the call as always Pat you're always on the end of the phone mind yourself have a good weekend no uh, Pat Kelly um, on behalf of many fellow referees incidentally Carragaline United they're doing their own thing in this a very serious investigation going on by the club and rightly so fair play to them but they're not they've confirmed to me, they're not making any comment on the situation at this point in time. Your own thoughts are welcome on that or maybe the experiences that you've seen or have been through Text 0868104106. We're back after 10.
6: Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive.
2: Text the Neil Brinderville Show now.
1: 086-8104-106. First. Red FM. Bunch of free food Friday shout-outs in about 15 minutes' time. You need to be texting who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. Send the food from uh, Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas, and Blackpool Retail Park will feed 15 to 20 of you. So if there's that amount in the business, that's great. If there's not, then share it with other businesses around you. Courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry, Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. I'll tell you about the food in a few minutes' time, but you can text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are, two oh eight six eight one oh four one oh six. One other little bit of housekeeping. It is our fifth and final giveaway day for Brinks Box with another three hundred euro cash to give away just before midday today. And one of the businesses nominated across the week will also get a Brinks box installed in the business. Put it in the back office, it lodges all your euro inside the Brinks box, and it goes digitally to your bank account the next day. Brinks then come along and they physically collect all the cash and they bank it for you. So it's a fan, fantastic system. It's not just sitting in a safe. It's already been lodged while sitting in the safe to your banking. account. I think it's fantastic. So I'll be opening those phone lines later this morning. Another 300 euro cash Plus, the Brinks box this side of midday today. For all of the business, text 0868 104 106. We're talking about Simone Lee and indeed what she went through. Um, And I had been talking a lot about coercive control during the week. Can't come on air, but the girls that you've had on air, they're telling the story of my life. Uh, I was stalked before I went out with them this is incredible he knew everything about me in advance he then met me supposedly by accident in a shop and we got chatting he was so cunning I went out with him and got all of the gifts the holidays the jewellery girls talk about being loved bombed initially Uh, he knew exactly where I was every minute of the day he was a narcissist and I was so blessed that I have people I can talk to And I have a program in my life now. I should have gone with my gut from day one. He would switch on and switch off. There's something seriously wrong with people like that. It's a horrible feeling. I hope your callers and emailers get peace. I did. I'm happy and free from that man. Love the show. Um, Another one then. I don't want to come on air, this uh, lady says, but I had to isolate in lockdown for health reasons. Uh, I was very social in my mid-60s. This is uh, the call out during the week from the chief medical officer that people who are still isolating or in fear need to pick up their lives. It's easy to say it, I know, but need to get out and need to socialize uh, for their mental and physical health. So she says, I had to isolate in lockdown for health reasons. I was a very social person, mid-60s. I watched my friends on social media meeting up after a year. I couldn't put myself back into their company with fear at first. So I was getting jealous and I was getting resentful. But I just couldn't go and I never have up to this day. I can't do groups anymore. Can't meet anybody outside anymore. Can't have one-to-ones. And if one were to happen, um, I certainly would never bring anyone into my home. I just changed completely. And I was the one who organized all the birthday celebrations with the group And it was great fun. Now, because of this, I'm never asked to go anywhere anymore. I'm fresh for my age, but lockdown aged me. I just wanted to share it in case someone could be like me. I have a good life with my family. um, But uh, this is where she finds herself. This is Eliz, who texted in response to what we were talking about earlier in the week, about just getting out there. I wonder, um, you know, I know you say you want to share it in case others are like you but you have a good life with your family, are you resigned to it always being this way? Or, you know, would there be any way that you could perhaps take take baby steps to maybe get yourself back into uh, society? Maybe meet with one friend to begin with? Something like that, a cup of coffee. Hopefully the weather will get better and you'll be able to go outdoors and do a lot of the outdoor things. So we will come back to those texts and emails throughout the course of the morning. Uh, but I want to get back to the phone lines. Alan's on line one. Alan, Good morning. And I'll talk to Finn Barnum in a minute, lads, but you just want to pick up on um this is like schoolboy soccer, isn't it, by and large?
7: Yeah, well like that, I am actually involved in it myself. Yeah. Are you so. refing or are you coaching? No, no, coaching, coaching. All right. yeah. So why are
1: refs being threatened?
7: Look, I just said it to Kevin there. Like I played football all my life, right? I wouldn't do it for a lot of money, honestly. Ref. Because yeah, like I, I you know, I suppose I could see myself when I played and you can see how the game goes, right? And you can see how people lose their temper and whatever. And, you know, refs have a tough job. 100% have a tough job. And I respect them for what they do. They do four or five games a the weekend, sometimes three there. But as I said to Kevin there, we have a big game tomorrow, right? We look at the website on a Tuesday night to see who the ref is. Tomorrow, perfect. But there are refs that you don't want. It's like, getting, it's
1: like getting, as they used to say, a bad judge. You could get a bad ref, is
7: it? Uh, do you know what? There's, there's none of them go out there to be bad, to be fair, right? I mean, it's a tough job. Like they make calls, there's no lines when, you know, they get abuse for offside decisions. But like what we're trying to teach the kids is that he's just doing what he can to the best of his ability, right? Mm. Simple as that. Mm. And we have the kids who are 12 and 13 on a Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, but as well as teaching them how to play the game properly, we're still teaching them about respect, you know, in all walks of life, not just on the football pitch, right? And we've had incidents, like, one of particular this year, no names, no nothing involved, right? And one last year, where the ref was actually talking down to kids.
1: What does that mean, finding, talking down, though? He has to keep control.
7: No, condescending, you know, like being disrespectful, like. Okay. And then that thing kicks the parents off. And we've had the incident where the ref wouldn't play any time, Injury time, one all. it was it the same there. Because he had a game to go to. You know, it just drives people crazy. Ah, well, I mean, that's but a
1: stupid decision. You have to play the game fairly and play the injury time. Like, people, are, exactly. people so, are people are invested in the match.
7: Like, Cargilline, disgraceful, right? 100%, you know what happened down there. Like, and that shouldn't happen anywhere. But as I just said, uh, on the text I sent in, it has to work both ways all the time. You know, and if you have somebody who does... What they did in the recent incident and the same last year. Look, i will straight I got sent off last year because I had to jump in to stop the ref talking the way he did to the kids. And he said he threatened to send me off, and I said, look, I kind of don't really care, but you need to do what you need to do properly. You know, to but d- but do you believe, now looking
1: back on that, that the, the ref felt that he was at risk from you?
7: You did you? Come no, up? no, I wouldn't. No shouting, no swearing, or no nothing. Just said to him, look, what are do you doing? You can't talk to kids the way you're talking to them. Basically, was told that you can't talk to me like that. I said, look, I'm only having a conversation. I'm a coach. My own lad plays in the team, right? So that's neither here nor there in that respect. I'm a coach first and foremost when it comes to it. He said he threatened to send me off, and I said, Look, it's up to you, but I need to protect the kids, as simple as that. And who what you talk to them isn't right. Yeah, but having it's a ref having to
1: run into a changing room and hide behind a locker door, I mean. Don't agree with that, you, are, 100%. You're going to reach a time when there'll be no parents left on the sidelines, never mind coaches.
7: Well, hey, look, I, I just give you one quick example, right? In the south of England, near Brighton, what they've done done—it's gone back about five or six years is when you come into the pitch, right, you basically sign the code of conduct, basically, and the section of, a section of the pitch for home, in a way. Parents are in there, very detached from what's going on in, res- in respect of trying to get out referees, right, because of incidents that they had over there. Now, I'm not sure how easy that is to do, right, because people come up, you know, easy access to pitches or whatever, mm. but something needs to be done in that respect, right? But what we try to do as a team, as a club, is that, you know, we talk to parents, you know, we we have the WhatsApp group walking up, and if anything goes on that we're not happy with, in terms of what's been said, we could like rein it back, you know.
1: You do what? You rein it back. You tell them to. You t- would.
7: Yeah, you'd have to go tell them. Look, you just can't do that,
1: right? You know, why, do if we're just to hone in, um, why are parents over the top? Is it that they think they've got the next Ronaldo or something, or the next Roy? Oh no,
7: like I I know what Pat's going there, right? That's fair enough, you know. And people are that way, and they see their kid to be better, know what they are. That's every time, right? But. Like, we have a group of parents who are just very enthusiastic, really get caught up in the whole moment, right? And sometimes it just gets over the top and decisions don't go your way and they get over the top with some of the, you know, what they'd say or whatever. But, like, we go and, we'd actually walk up to him and say, look, you can't go there. Like, yeah. you no, know, the ref is out there trying his best. He's making yeah. decisions based on what he sees. Like, I would imagine, like right? That's any ref out there, any of them. They don't call it like, because I'm going to get at the other team or whatever. They don't have it's any ulterior motive. It, like, they don't set no, out with a no. plan.
1: But, like, won't there come a time, and it's we're getting there already, where there won't be enough? Well, we actually don't have enough refs
7: because of this. You don't, and you know, as I said, yeah, like, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, I have friends who are ex players who played at a very high level who do it, and they're very good at it, and. Like, the best refs need to be honest are the ones you don't even see or hear. Or when well, you see them, obviously. The ones you don't hear, you know, they just make the call and that's it.
1: And just forgive it's me, hard. just as a final question, on you know, the schoolboy stuff, are there linesmen? Are the people on the lines?
7: No. Like, they, like we just say, like, tomorrow, the ref would say to one of us, one, we'll help out with the line, and then he'd say to the other side the same thing. So how can and a ref without
1: people that? on the lines call a penalty or not? In fairness, like, or offside?
7: Well, offside is his own call and we, we, we say to the lads ourselves that that's the hardest one for him to make because he's a ref.
1: Is that the so one like that gets him calls, in the most trouble though?
7: It is, but you know what? People need to understand too that the job is hard enough as it is. No linesman makes it harder again. To totally so like, harder.
1: You can't. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't do it. Like, you couldn't call it. It's just impossible. It could be a matter of inches.
7: But so, And you know what? It's a split-second decision. So, like, if you get it right or wrong then that's it, he's made a decision, and just leave it be like, okay. he's not meaningly making a mistake, you know? Gotcha, okay,
1: let me talk to Finbar, if you don't mind. Thanks, Alan, appreciate the text, thanks no, for coming no, on yeah, here. Exactly. Finbar was, uh, well, I think indeed. he was reffing for 40 years. Finbar?
8: Yeah, good morning. Sir. So is
1: that always the big problem, the offside, if you don't have lines, people?
8: It hey, always, yeah. But listen, let's, let's begin with, honestly. I ain't rugby referees. The respect they get, the players. Well. Why can't they do it in other sports? I've asked
1: that a me. I don't know. I've no idea. Must happen it's in, in the,
8: look. Look, it begins at under eight, and even I've refereed from under eight. So I must have seen the league. Even at under eight, you get mentors on the field, and especially parents. They have been my biggest problem down through when I was doing schoolboys for many, many years. The parents. Yeah. Why? And you sit there. Yeah. Next right keen is out there on the field. If if they were honest, honest with themselves, the young player is a good player, but he's not the right kid. He's not the servant. He's not he's Ronaldo. You say you did. They have to they have to grow up. Like and you talk about the referee. Remember, the referee is trying to keep both sides so happy. All you want to do is to start the game with 22 players, have a good game, and finish with 22 players, and go home. I'll go to another match. But you like, some of the languages I'm still here because up by me I go to matches I watch them and it's still going on especially in the junior ranks what they say to the referees some referees won't take it they'll have your man out of the field other referees ignore it completely they're kind of deaf to it you know But it, so when, say when a
1: referee won't take it do they say to a parent you must now leave the game yeah I
8: have done that I have done that and do they go, go away you, you, you give them one morning you say excuse me mister you know you are met missus I wouldn't care. If you don't stop the shouting at me, or are you fella? Would you leave the children alone? They're enjoying the game. It's obvious you're not. So why don't you just go away and leave the young alone? Ask any younger any younger up to the age of sixteen years of age, would you like his parents on the sideline? And they say no, we would not. They'll tell you that, they'll be honest about it, like, Nobody, no player wants his parents on the sideline if they carry on that They'd be mortified
1: They're at the behaviour of their mum and their dad. Mortified
8: is the word. Morti- and they and Can it be fathers be,
1: they, and mothers or are one worse than the other?
8: Boy, would be shouting, and screaming. He's outside. He's not outside. He was fouled. He wasn't fouled. He should have got a penalty. He shouldn't have. And you, you kind of, you get you, sick of it, like. And, um, but you have to, you have, to you have to look. I love him. I love him. If, if, if Every match I look forward to, but. It's it's a game that, this, it's a tankless game, absolutely. i heard the man there, at least he was honest. He wouldn't do it for love, no money. Yeah. That's why there's a shortage in, in refereeing. Fellas, I remember, I won't give you any, I mean, but I remember one particular man that I refereed many, many times. He used to break my heart in matches. And I, every match, at least he had a So eventually I went to a venue, you know, later on, and next thing I saw him come down off a pitch, in the referees gear... I it off, and I shook hands to him. I said, "Fair play at you." And he says to me, "Nothing, nope, that's my third game of that in and it's my last." I never realised what kind of a job you have.
2: Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Depend it mind you. <laughs> he he learned nothing. He was as bad as ever. But look. Did it, you ever then
1: meet parents afterwards socially, where you might have got a bit of grief? You know, when you're just getting on with well, your I, life.
8: I, I've met him. One particular fella said to me, you ought to just grace out in that field, you know. And they said, What about you? Shouting and roaring at me. I know a man, one particular man.
9: I said, Shout,
8: what's your young doing Dying outside in the field over you.
1: The young is dying with embarrassment
8: because you exactly. carry on. And I said, Would you ever leave the young alone? He loves his game. You can see it. He's the first out in the field. He's running up and down the field with a ball. He wants to get going, you know. And he said, Look, there's no one shouting at me, shouting at him. And I, I've had I've had to warn mentors, would you leave your players alone? Not me. They'd be roaring at their players, what the things they'd be saying to me, you know? I, tell you, I don't know.
1: John I, says that soccer's a gentleman's game played by hooligans, and rugby's yeah. a hooligans game played <laughs> by gentlemen. Do you remember that one?
8: I do, yeah. And before I leave, there's a very old saying in soccer The perfect referee hasn't been born yet, <laughs> and his mother died 10 years ago. <laughs> okay.
1: Thanks, Finbar. Lovely stuff. Finbar and Alan. Text 0868104106. Our first batch then of free food Friday. Shout-outs. Very busy week for everybody at Easy Living Interiors, the head office in Little Island. Morning, Ashling and all of the staff. Classic Windows in Columbia are listening. Fusion Hair Design in Shandon Street. Uh, pre-med Fabrication and Pollard of Road would love a Friday munch. Uh, Smurf at Kappas. Morning to everybody. They'd love a feast. Uh, thanks from all of them in advance of winning it. Oh, sorry. My apologies. They won it last week and they're coming back to say thank you. They said... We we had a feast. Many thanks from everybody at Smurfit Kappa. So there are last week's winners. Thank you so much for coming back and saying. Thank you. O'Leary and O'Sullivan Development at Knockraha. Morning to Coleman. Aer Lingus, Cork Airport are listening and would love feeding particularly the loading section to everybody uh, in Beauty by Katrina in Blarney. Would love the free food Friday today. Southern Pumps in Dublin Hill are listening. South Infirmary Patients Admissions are on board. Loftus Demolition and the School of Laura National School in Bandon. Brookfield Science Building in UCC. The Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island. Always listening. Morning, Andrew and Selina to Independent Express Cargo and TPN in Cork. Could do with a food pick-me-up after a chaotic morning. Maloney's Pharmacy in Kinsale on a very busy day. Absolute Property Group in Bishopstown. Uh, Daniel Mulroy Ventilations. They're actually working on the old Eastens Buildings building on Patrick Street to get it ready. Fair play to you. You're doing good work. ECI JCB. Uh, all of the guys and girls working hard. Donsworth Office Supplies in Fort Hill. Pat McDonald paints in Center Park Road. Rockwell Engineering, who are listening in Claheen. Argos in Mahan Point And MCK Electrical in Toker. That's the first batch of shout outs. So text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are to 0868104106 back after the break. <laughs> Talk to Neil Prenderville now.
2: 0818
1: 104 Cork's Red FM. Hard to believe, isn't it? The bills that are dropping on people's front doors or inside people's front doors, uh, particularly electric and gas and what have you. Uh, I need to talk to Jackie before 11, so I'll do it now. Jackie, good morning.
10: Good morning,
1: Neil. Mother of God, this, these, are, um, these are electricity bills belong to your dad. Yes. And your dad lives. Old man. He's 78 years old, alone. Lives, lives alone. So how could he be using? um, What have I got here? One bill for seventeen hundred euro, another one for one thousand four hundred and forty-two, and then a letter. A a letter then from Bordgosh Energy for his electric, saying the bill is now four thousand two hundred and sixty. Yes. I mean, is the house like a furnace twenty-four-seven or what?
10: No, because my dad, he has an open stove. Um, I cook my dad's meals because he. My mom passed away. He informed me last night he hasn't put his heating on since. He is terrified.
1: I know. So but, yeah, what,
10: what? Where does it come from? He very seldom would watch TV. Maybe an hour in the evening time when he'd come home.
1: So what would the electricity it's, be coming from if we,
10: nothing you're we cooking?
1: Have. You're bringing him his food.
10: Yeah. When he comes to my house to eat. So, he's so there's not, nobody in the house okay. for the evening.
1: All right. How does yeah. he heat the house?
10: He has the open stove in his sitting room, which he would bank down when he would come to, you know, to my house in the evening. And he had um, oil heating.
1: Right. But and I, does no, the open the stove, stove just heat a room or is there a back boiler? Heat a room. And it the oil heat a room. then heats the rads. Yeah. So how yeah. in the name of God then? Over what yeah. period of time did he build up a €4,260 bill?
10: <laughs> the first bill came to him on the 7th of February. That was the seventeen. Okay, I 1,700 odds. I came to him on the 7th of February. That was his winter bill, as we call it, December to February. Um, he comes to me, or my sister, you know, and we cook for him. He comes in at 6 o'clock in the evening and he goes home at 10.
1: The coldest time and he goes to bed at 10. Because
10: he goes to bed with a hot water bottle. Neil, he wouldn't put on the heat since then because of the bill. He's terrified.
1: But the heat isn't electric.
10: No, but he still won't put it on. He's so
1: terrified. why are they saying... Because they're, they're actually working out the amount of yeah. units and the kilowatt usage, three and a half thousand yeah. kilowatts, the rate yeah. per kilowatt. Then yeah. are they getting that off a meter?
10: The bill that he got, the first day we, I called it the February bill, which was the winter one, um, came to us as an actual reading. They can't read the meter because the meter is inside the house. My dad has seen nobody since before COVID.
1: So they said it was a meter reading and and the meter meter is inside I have a photograph of it indoors so how could they say that it was an actual bill and not estimated? it?
10: Yes.
1: Have you been on to them or will they talk to you?
10: I've been on to them and now I'm actually named on his bill you see that's another thing for older people I understand the data protection but now I'm on his bill so I was on to them that letter that he got for the 4,206 days he never spoke to them about anything. They said it, um, you know, with the agreement with us on the 16th of February. Dad never spoke to them. So I asked them. I said, where did you get this letter from? I said, it was horrific. I said, my father is on medication since He's on antidepressants and sleeping tablets. Because of the bill? Because of the bill. He can't stop crying, Neil. It is uh, just horrific. stop.
1: Isn't that shocking?
10: I'm serious. As I am sitting here, he's not an able-bodied man. It is just horrific.
1: It has affected us all since February. That's all we talk about. Is oil heating. So oil heats the rats. You cook his dinners. I have a meter reading belong to your dad from the summer where he used 196 kilowatts, right? For June, July and August. And the cost of that usage across the summer was 59 euro. We go into a winter bill then and it goes, a typical example, in the summer, 196 kilowatts. In December and January, they're saying he used 3,562 kilowatts. Yeah. Is there somebody tapping into his electric or something?
10: I asked that, and they said there's no possible way of that. That's really, I mean, where, who? No matter what businesses, even, they don't have it. You know, it's crazy. Isn't it? It's crazy. It is ridiculous. It is crazy. But my point being, and I feel very strongly about it, if this was an elderly man or an elderly woman that didn't have family to talk to about it, they would just pay it. I know they would.
1: They're saying yes, that they the one one seven nine bill, the one for seventeen hundred, yeah. that when you add yeah. on all of the bits and pieces to yeah. it, is yeah, um, yeah. a customer reading which he provided.
10: No, it's a, it's saying an actual reading taken from the meter. It says it's when it's t- yeah, yeah
1: no. No, there is a a part of the bill here that I don't mean to correct you. It says the current bill is a customer reading. Did he give them a reading?
10: No, my my father's meter is to the ceiling, you know, right up on the the height of the ceiling. My father has two walking sticks and a wheelchair sticker. You'd have to go on a ladder. I can't even see it.
1: Can you represent on his behalf now?
10: Yes, I can.
1: He's a rural farmer living on his own. He's no one no, around No, he's
10: not a farmer. No, he's not a farmer. He has he's only his home. He's not a farmer.
1: Okay, okay. My apology. I thought I saw that. No, thing. I
10: was just saying, you know, somebody rural living like that would be upset as much about this bill and they wouldn't have nobody to help them. I see
1: That's what you're saying. saying. You said yeah. if he didn't have his family around or if he was a rural yeah. farmer living on his own, yeah. this could be an yeah. end of life thing.
10: It could, yes. And I feel very strongly about it. I do. I really am so upset that it could be for any household... Person that would have nobody to help them and make that call, you know, it's just crazy.
1: And he I hasn't think. got. I, I think the bills are wrong. I, I really do. But he yeah, wouldn't. Are, he wouldn't yeah. have four thousand two hundred and sixty euro.
10: No, uh, but if he, thank God, he doesn't pay direct debit because it would have got out of the account.
1: Is there a risk that they will cut him off? He's now got a letter saying it, it that he needs to get an instalment plan.
10: Yeah, it says it on the end of the letter. I rang them and I said we just said about the bill fair enough and I said as I have you on this letter that we received uh, where did that come from where do you get the figures where does it come from blah 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 and she said the, lady, the girl I spoke to was very nice so I had to speak to my supervisor and she came back and said oh that was a mistake the, it, bit, um, the bill was a mistake was a, or what no 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 the installment plan confirmation letter that we received for four thousand two hundred and sixty. but the
1: 4,260 of the saying was not a mistake
10: they didn't say anything about that. No, no they, they said the letter shouldn't have been sent out. And i that's ridiculous. I well, said, your
1: dad can't... now has been caused an awful lot of hassle yes. and an awful lot of worry. He's on antidepressants. Yes. He's not sleeping. Yes. He's crying all no. of the time. We've yeah. been on to board, gosh, and they have told okay. us that they have a customer team now specifically looking into that case. We also okay. sent them screenshots of what you sent us. Yes. I hope they yes. resolve it satisfactorily.
10: I do, too. I do, too. I do too. And I, you know, I, I just want, to, you know, anyone that gets a huge bill, don't be afraid to ask somebody to help them or look at their meters or just get some help. I just worry about the older people. I yeah, really they might
1: do. just pay it, you see. They would.
10: I know the, the older people don't want bills. You know, the older stock, they just clear their bills. They'd hate to be in debt to them. You know, I just think it's horrific. Okay, it's I, don't horrific. I, I don't
1: think I don't think have any more to add to this until we wait to That's see okay. what board Gar say. But good. just one second though, Peter.
3: Uh hmm
1: Hello. Uh did you are you in are you in the plumbing game? No, I'm an electrician. Right. Okay. Is okay. there a question you wanted to pose
11: to Jackie? So we're asking. I all. just want to ask, is he does he have um an immersion?
10: He does. Um my dad only just got um, a whole refurb of his bathroom because of um infidelity and old age, you know, he got a weight room. Yeah. So that was all updated. Okay, so
11: okay. but the immersion the immersion could okay. be faulty. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, the immersion could be yet. what? Because the immersion can run, because um, it it's thermostatically controlled and if it's on, it will okay. run during the night. And if it's faulty, it'll continue to boil the water. But the, okay. y- your other procedure would be is to isolate okay. everything on your main, main board and okay. check the meter, is it running? You mean okay. turn every turn single turn thing off? turning. Turn every okay. single thing off on your, and okay. then look at the meter. The dial that and spins, then, it looks like the old fashioned at, spinner. Yeah, you know? correct, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it sounds like he's using an, an old type meter, but make sure it's okay. not rotating. Because okay. um, uh, uh, that will then tell you that the, the problem isn't from here into the house. You okay. know, because there, there can okay. be a number of reasons. So, if you turn every corpus.
1: single thing off, Peter Fleming, the electrician, is saying yeah. that dial should yes, stop sir. spinning. There could yes. be, yes, it could great. be used by an immersion that you're unaware of that could be faulty. That's okay. worth great. investigating, Jackie. Great. Yeah. Okay. It is, yes.
10: Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. For play. No, you, long,
11: long. do you see that happening, Peter? Yeah. 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 I've seen. I, I've yes. seen it and heard it. I, I've okay. heard of other things as well, but nine times out of ten. <clears throat> As long ago, <laughs> the immersion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just <clears throat> the immersion. All but right. Okay. Anything that will actually run during the night. So the main thing is to turn off everything in the house and make sure okay. the meter stops. If the meter stops... Okay. Then everything's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're okay. saying.
1: Yeah. It's worth okay. doing, Jackie. Yeah. And let's is, see what Board Gosh will. come back and say in the meantime, yes, all right? Of
10: course. And thank you very much for Peter mm. ringing in there Thanks, thank Peter. I appreciate no we'll it. Take, that. Care. Take care.
1: Take care. Yeah, yeah.
10: of course, we will. Yeah, we'll okay, try
1: okay. Try all, all right. It. Let's see what okay. they come back to us and if they do come back to you as well. But do, do come back to me early next week if you've loved it. All right. I will, of course, Thank you
10: very much. We're on to them as well,
1: Jackie. Thank you. Okay. Bye for now. Bye for now. Alan, good morning. Neil, how are you doing? The energy companies um, You know, we'll have to wait and see This could be a rogue immersion Or it could be just a wrong bill Let's see what happens But your thoughts in general
6: I wouldn't think so, Neil This is a frequent thing Like people's bills are wrong all the time I don't know where they're getting the figures from I think now it's uh, time for the Irish people To start fighting back Because these energy companies They're making record profits every year While everyone else is struggling To put food on the table I think that if we had a collective effort If everyone just stops paying their bills they won't be long changing their tune Like they do in France France are great for protesting they're great for getting things done. We just lay down and take it. Oh, don't kid yourself!
1: In spite of all of the increases, one thing has certainly happened: their profits have gone up obscenely. So,
6: and and it's not, and, and I don't think that's fair. When everyone else is struggling, they they're making enough money. They're not going to go bankrupt over these bills. They're they're rising and rising and rising just to make profit there's no reasoning behind them there's no explanations behind them i think now as i said it's about time the people got together collectively and stopped paying the bills completely and i think they're getting a bit under pressure now with the solar energy and everything else and they're trying to make as much money as they can before they come obsolete so i think now my message to everyone would be to stop paying your bills Put everything down they can't, they can't turn off the electricity for the country and just start fighting back because I think the country's getting a bit sick of it yeah. every single day there's not just energy companies it's everything we're being robbed of everything we have and I think now if the people got together and they collectively stood up for themselves we were a great nation before for fighting back and we just for some reason we're gone soft I think we need to start fighting back and just collectively stop paying the bill.
1: yeah I worried that a lot of elderly people would just pay what they're asked for even if it was wrong you know
6: hundred percent and they know that and you don't see you don't see middle aged people getting these bills like it seems to be the vulnerable, it's always the vulnerable people that are getting caught because they know they'll pay it and or the people the people that are younger of age will notice the difference and they'll fight it back. And I also
1: but, yeah, I know, but I also hope that in this case, even if it is a rogue immersion, right? And even if the units were burned by this rogue immersion, that board gosh would do the right thing and discount the bill.
6: A hundred percent and there should be something in place, Neil if someone's bill is going ob- abnormally high, you should be getting notified that there's something wrong because, you, not, like that now, that, that, that gentleman isn't watching his units. Like, I mean, he probably doesn't even know where the smart meter is. No, he's is watching. But that's
1: the sad thing. That's why he's upset. He's been watching it all the time anyway and then gets these
6: bills. And you're probably too afraid to say anything. Oh, please.
1: Lost you there, man, but you covered a lot of ground. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Peter. Text 86 Talking about weather. There you go again. Putting the wind up, people, about the beast from the east. Just because the temperature is dropping. It's been the beast of the east is back again. It. It's not me, pal. I'm just reading now what it said in the newspapers. On food habits and the right time to eat chocolate and ice cream, apparently, in the morning. Yeah, right. Imagine walking around with an ice cream headache for the day after a tub of Ben & Jerry's with your cornflakes. Well, apparently, the research says... Ben and Jerry's in the morning, cornflakes in the evening. Frank and Cove said, I've just had a fish finger sandwich with butter, mayo and ketchup. I can tell you what, I am so jealous. I'd probably hold the mayo. I'd go with the butter and the ketchup but fish finger sandwiches all day long.
2: Get it off your chest.
1: Call Neil Brenderville now
2: on 0818 104
1: 106. Either way, way, you have a 78-year-old pensioner on antidepressants and can't stop crying. Uh, Incidentally, yes, you are right to text me and say, I must remind you again, ambulance personnel are not ambulance drivers. They are EMTs and paramedics. You're right to correct me, and thank, thank you for doing that. It's something, unfortunately, that I've done in the past, and I need to do better. Desi was wondering why that Guy Stokes was not charged with the attempted murder of Simone. Can I just say, my reading of it earlier was that there originally was um, an attempted murder charge, which I think the jury were discharged from. That's all it said. I don't know the reasons behind the discharge. And then the guilty verdict was on a, a lesser charge does that explain it Desi that originally there was an attempted murder charge that the jury was discharged from he got 12 years with 6 months suspended because of what he did to Simone uh, and got an 11 and a half year sentence you can make up your own mind as to how much of that he will actually suffer or should I mean she'll suffer but he will he will he actually serve text 0868104106 can I just stay with matters related to the utility companies Claire good morning Hi. As a customer of Electric Ireland, you called them again this morning. Was that because of a bill? Twice,
12: yeah. A high bill? For me, it was. I'm um, listening to your other listeners, it wasn't that high, but it was uh, treble.
1: Treble? Yeah. Well, that's tr- three times more than it was this time last year, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it's a
12: significant... It was small in comparison. It was 600, but it had been 100.
1: This time last year?
12: I'm very canny with how I deal with my bills, it's how I survive. I am an invalidity pensioner.
1: So you've been watching it anyway. It's not as if all the lights are on and the heat is on. You've been clued in to the fact that you need to be careful. Yeah, and it goes up then to 600 from 100. That's six times. But the, the issue then is when you rang them, what happened?
12: I was left on hold, and I noticed the music. The music was the uh, theme music from the Steppard Wives.
1: <laughs> so, so you were put on hold twice, and then you were eventually cut off, having had to listen to the on hold music for a, a long time.
12: Uh. 45 minutes and then 52 minutes I
1: did count You are joking You were on hold for 45 Cut off Rang back on hold again for 52 Yeah
12: But the music Is what I had an objection to
1: Well you should also have Objection to the fact that You were an hour and 40 minutes on hold
12: They think that we have nothing else to do
1: And you didn't get the matter resolved Because nobody actually spoke to you after that
12: no, okay. no, I to you. I
5: think you now. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll always answer if I can. Here, here's the here's the whole music from Electric Ireland, right?
5: Retrieve yeah. account number
1: from your bill. Please press the hash key to continue. Where's the music? Is that it? Oh, Yeah, they do that. They do that just to persecute you. I wouldn't even call that music. This is the theme from the Stepford Wives from
12: 1975. There you go. That's what I was thinking. What? That's my ecology.
1: Do you think they're the same? The recording of the Electric Ireland um, theme music on hold is so, so bad I can hardly make it out at all I, mean, I, wish, I wish I didn't have you one talking about the account number, but let's see if I can listen to the music Hands up if it's the same Sorry, you have me, Claire, if you think they're the same. I'll bow to your better judgment. Ah,
5: uh,
12: yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah,
1: Is that where all the women are robots, is it?
12: Michael Shaw, yeah. Did the music.
1: And are you, upset, oh. are you upset because they're using your favorite film or because the music that they're using is torturous?
12: I think uh, because they think I'm a robot. They are assuming that I'm a housewife. And I have nothing else better to do except hang on and pay my electric bill.
1: But for the, the hour and 52 minutes or whatever that you were on hold, were you sitting down or were you moving around doing things?
12: Uh, hardly hoovering because I had to keep on death as well. <laughs> so, no, I had to be quite close to the phone. But yes, I was very, very annoyed for the first two and fifty minutes. And yes, it is definitely the music from the robotic movie.
1: So, Thank you for brightening up my Friday morning. So you're, more, you're on, more annoyed with the music that's being used as opposed to being on hold for that length of time.
12: I am furious that they use the music. It's my control from... <laughs> um, Yes, okay. one of my favorite movies. Okay, okay, I'm happy but to give. Movie, I'm happy. That's the movie where they turned all their favorite wives into robots. I gotta, Amazing. I gotta,
1: I gotta, I gotta watch that film.
12: That's what Electric Ireland is doing to the women of Ireland.
1: Oh,
9: they're, they're, turn, turning, you, they're turning you into robots.
12: <laughs> yes, where we sit here and listen quietly and wait for the callback,
1: which never comes. So, Electric Garland are intentionally using the music to let you know that anybody that's home on hold is a robot, like Stepford Wives.
12: Yes, and perhaps all we have to do with our lives is touch up our lipstick. (laughs) Well done. I'm
9: happy
1: to give you the platform on air to say that. I'm wondering would anybody else agree, but you certainly believe it. Women have more to do in their lives than sit around touching up their makeup and their and their uh, and their lipstick and staying on hold for people to answer their phone calls.
12: Well, firstly, I had something else to do. Okay. I had to walk my dog Archie. Okay. But I couldn't because I had to stay on hold, and they come up twice.
1: Okay. Okay.
12: And I still have to sort out my bill for six hundred and thirty-two. You're no, no,
1: you're no closer to fixing the bill. All right. Okay. No. Come, come back to me with the next instalment of your story, will you?
10: Well,
1: Archie will. Okay. Okay. Uh, Friday morning. I love Friday mornings. Text at 104 uh, Can I just go back to a story earlier? I'm only seeing this now for, for the first time. I think we have another call going back to issues related to soccer matches, referees, coaches, and indeed um, family members on the sideline. It's Dermot O'Leary joins me by phone. Dermot, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Oh, it's the one and only Dermot O'Leary from the NBRU. Yeah, I don't need. I'm ringing in a private capacity. On a private well, capacity, no, no, no. I, I, so I'm talking. I, yes, I'm indeed. talking to the Dermot O'Leary that I was in the Scouts with, so as opposed to the
7: NBI. Do you remember the Scouts? I don't think I was ever <laughs> the Scouts. We 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 grew up in the same area. Of course we did. Niga, oh, right, okay. Good old Blackrock. Good Vigier. man yourself. No I need. Look, to be honest, go with ahead. No, you're human, serious. Though, and, your and first, you're first of all, first of all, I'm not representing the Line club. I'm not a member of that club. I don't represent them. I'm ringing in a private capacity. Why um, young for that? happens to play with that team that's been uh, potentially, as far as I can make, out liable there this morning Uh, and uh, I'm looking for a bit of balance really because I wasn't at the game I go to a lot of their games already I wasn't at this particular game uh, and again, I'm not coming on here to paint pictures of, of, of sweetness and light, uh, although it can be said that that team are very quiet by nature anyway, and that's just my experience of them. Yeah. Uh, I listened to Pat Kelly earlier, I didn't get the very start of Pat. I know Pat very, very well indeed, uh, and I call Pat a personal friend of mine. But it's unfortunate that a lot of the critics of the GA, for example, come from the soccer fraternity, but they learn the other that lessons themselves if they, do, if they did what the GA did in circumstances and allowed due process to obtain. Uh, and in this circumstance, an article on the Echo, what really I suppose drives me mental if you want to put it that way, is that the uh, referees come up with a statement and again, no investigation, no corroborating evidence of any descriptions, I understand this, uh, support what is alleged to be said here and again, I've seen what that message from the coaches concerned without naming them uh, I've just hot, hot from the game if you like, and uh, where they say, and I quote, the referee uh, said to us that it was nothing to do with the coaches or the players uh, whatever instance he was uh, alleging, uh, to, not to coaches and the players. So I'm a bit I'm a bit upset as a parent. I'm a bit annoyed on behalf of, of, of my son and the teammates. I'm certainly annoyed about two wonderful coaches who took over the team this year. Yeah. And I think a scoreless tattoo process is not allowed to obtain.
1: Now, in, in in just in response to that, in a few different areas, we did contact Carrigaline um, uh, United, and they don't want to make any comment. I appreciate and that. Quite
7: right. They're and quite right. I just go by referee, the referee should have done exactly the same thing. I had no comment on due process was followed. Okay, That's but the they point, did. But, but
1: they did post this open letter to members on social media. It was there for all to see, right? Correct. Yeah, where they did say that it was um, in the performance of this role of officiating the match. The referee was subjected to criticism, verbal abuse and threats to his safety and life by spectators, players and coaching staff, which resulted in the abandonment of the match and the referee running to seek refuge in the changing room behind a locked door. Since the incident we've met as a committee, we're aware the Cork Youth League have met to discuss it. No contact has been received from Cargilline United since it was discussed or to inquire about the well-being of our colleague who had to endure intolerable treatment. Uh, we feel we have to act immediately to protect the well-being and the safety of our members from any and all further incidents. And also to put all clubs on notice that this treatment and abuse of officials by players, coaches, officials and spectators is totally unacceptable. As a result, we have decided to issue a directive to our members in all league leagues in Cork. Members are not to officiate Carragoline United matches at Ballet Park until further
9: notice.
7: I, I, I have to say, and they can contact me if they like or I go on air if they like with them, that's an appalling statement issue from any organisation. Judge, jury, executioner, you know my background, yeah. everyone knows who I am. Yeah. Due process has to obtain in any, uh, in, in, in any context like this. You can't just accuse uh, a club like Caroline or a team that my son plays on of something without having support and evidence and to come up with that statement on social media, I think it's scurrilous and I think it's a stain uh, on the Irish referees decided to cooperate. He's a stain on them. And I'm absolutely appalled. As I said, I wasn't talking to any other parents. I believe they are shocked and, and, and they just can't get over this. Did deal, you talk with any yeah.
1: parents, though, Dermot, that witnessed what did happen?
7: Oh, no! In fairness, uh, my son's stepfather, uh, as it happens, was at the game, and I spoke to him directly on the night. And he is as dumbfounded as they come in relation to what's going on here because as far as he's concerned, he was at the game. Uh, there was a, a few people outside that came into the pitch first. Uh, nobody knew who they were. They might have known one or two of the team, probably from school or whatever. They, they were told to leave, and they went outside. That's the sum total of what I heard in relation to the players. And look, I've seen these players. And again, I'm not going on, Neil, to, to paint the picture of, of, as I said, sweetness and light. But this team sometimes I look at them and I play soccer badly myself in the day I say I'd love to inject some devilment into them because they're a very quiet team yeah. that's not their nature no, I know. at all yeah. and that's what's upset me more than anything else to be honest with the you The lack of and due, again, due process I don't ever. The
1: statement you're saying the lack of due process th- the, the, the fact that there hasn't been an inquiry but, but however I mean the referee did tell his his um, cork branch of the ISRS the referees that he had to seek refuge in the changing room behind a locked door uh,
7: uh, look Neil, Neil Neil to be honest just some, of the, some of the language being bandied about here is uh, I, I will use the word extreme again okay. point out I wasn't there right yeah. all, I, all I really came on for and I don't use my title to push my way around at all I very rarely ring in private capacities and people will know that yeah, right? okay. but certainly on this occasion I could not let this go by without someone coming to the defence of, of a wonderful group of young fellas I, I, I felt I had to do that yeah, we did invite
1: the Cork ISRS to come on air um, I can try them again to see if they want to respond to what you're saying but I didn't have any luck earlier on this morning you're uh, yeah, you are saying they're the too
7: f- busy they're too busy writing statements Neil you say they're too busy writing statements to come on here and talk to the likes of me but I can tell you one thing Neil that the truth will out and that's a saying that's been used and for a long time on ra- right back centuries the truth will always out and those people are responsible for, for inferring inferring mm. I say the word inferring that the players and one of which is my son uh, uh, threatened the referee it, it's scandalous that they would do that without due process
1: ok thank Thanks, uh, Thank you, Dermot. Thank you for taking the call. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Thank In you. a personal Bye-bye. capacity, Dermot O'Leary, whose son was on the team. Your own thoughts are welcome. Text 0868 106. If I hear back from the Irish Soccer Referees Society, I will bring that to air. If Carrigaline uh, want to come back and make any sort of a statement from Carrigaline United themselves, although I doubt that they will because they are investigating... And, of course, Dharma talks of due process. Um, text 0868104106. Talk to Neil
2: Prenderbill now. 0818-104-106.
1: Cork's Red FM. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Blackpool and uh, Douglas. Uh, you can win for yourself and all of your workmates chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. The main events include chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beef burgers. Basted in the famous medium Piri Piri sauce, you'll get Piri salted fries, rice and waffle fries and all All of the sides, including the mayo and the garlic mayo and the peri mayo. And also, big massive cheesecake... And you can build your own cheesecake with all of the different toppings they provide. So Free Food Friday shoutouts for and Construction and Blarney working hard. Leisure Word and Churchfield are listening. PepsiCo IT department. Coal so Coal Storage in, in the industrial estate in Toker. RP Electrical are flat out. Topman Barbers and Colleague are listening. Tesco drivers and Colleague are working hard. Claire asked them if they had any tomatoes and they said we only have in tins. <laughs> Brings Cozy Cafe in Kinsale. Morning Colette. Uh, Barry Joyce calls with love. Some Roosters at the top of Fairhill, tidy mechanical repairs in Ballycorine, uh, Urban Retreat, salon and Middleton, Amy and Sarah, morning to you both. O'Shea's Coles, especially Margaret in reception, working very hard. Billy Mac, Billy M says free food Friday every week. You have the prize we all seek. It makes a change from eating meat with Piri Piri just down the street says Billy M very polite bye Bonsagor's Care Village the nursing home on the Lee Road morning to Geraldine Nayland's Cleaning and Laundry Staff in St. Luke's Nursing Home in Mahan always listening NSD Account Management Department PFH in Little Island Foley's Plumbing and Off. Uh, Trevor Hill and the lads down in Court Max Sherry morning all to the South Infirmary Wages and Salaries Department they're hungry and would love some feeding morning to Loretta Orchid uh, Centre in CUH hi Angela Joe Crowley Oils Inform Nutrition's in Watergrass Hill DPD Depot, especially Carl, who's working his last day after many years of hard work. TIS fire stopping in Blarney. They will also get uh, if they're lucky enough to win the food. They'll also get a half day. <laughs> Crazy Monkey Skate Shop in Douglas, St. Killian's Special School in Mayfield, Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic in Glanmire, and just a few more, Middleton Credit Union for the Duke Carolines, Jackie and Laura, the Warehouse Shift, uh, Weekend Shift at Boston Scientific, Quinlan's Motor Factors, Denny's Cross, Maclock Locksmiths, Morning Shane, Country Farm Supplies in Middleton, We'd chair with sugar and slice bakery next door AOC commercials in Tool, Jimmy and all the green keeping staff at Cork Golf Club in Little Island and Johnson and Perrot in Bishopstown we will do one more bunch of shout outs at about 20 past 25 past 11 so it's your final opportunity now to text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are to 0868 one oh four one oh six
10: I'm Lano O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie
2: 104 to 106, Red FM. This is the Neil Prendigo Show.
1: I have never seen so many texts in the space of an hour on one topic, and I mean that when I say it sincerely with regards to um, soccer and referees and what have you. Uh, Some of them I can't actually read out, lads, unless I edit them heavily, because Dermot O'Leary is right when he talks of due process, and some people are saying, Unbelievable things with regards to various junior soccer matches. Uh, Some of the texts include, can't come on, but I'm just listening in and I don't condone what happened or what's alleged to have happened or what did or didn't happen. I was at a match recently and the referee that was reffing the match knew the opposition team by first name and got all the decisions for them. The players, rightly, just got very frustrated. The Carrigaline story is much bigger. A match was abandoned last week, and I totally agree with that. But Carrigaline has a huge club, and all games in Carrigaline this weekend now hang on, because they could well be cancelled, because referees have been told not to referee any game there until to- until further notice. And Carragalline's a huge club with an awful lot of games at different ages. Look at all Carrigaline's underage teams, under 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s. All of those teams, Neil, are being punished, along with all of the visiting teams that are due to be playing there this weekend. Um, With regards to violence at referees, now this one I've edited out the names of the clubs. You'll understand why, because I can't stand over them, and that's the basic reason. There is a problem in society, not just with referees. I was at a match only three weeks ago between... Two different teams. There was an incident whereby one of one of the soccer players of one team, the youngest player on the pitch at 18, was attacked by a fan of the other side. At the end of the game, he told the player the next time he tackles his brother, he would stab him and his family. He then followed him to the dressing room and punched him in the back of the head. A report of the incident was made, but as far as I'm aware, nothing's been done. You see, society in general is the problem and lack of respect for others can come in on because I'm at work. Can I just say this is not a text that relates in any way, shape or form to Carrigaline soccer. It was two other teams. My husband always says to my kids when they aren't happy about a ref's decision to play the game, not the ref. I've coached and ref for six years in the Netherlands. It's good to have both views. There should never be a reason for a ref to be in fear. It's the coaches and friends and family who I have found to be the worst, whipping the kids into a frenzy. It's not Champions League football, but the behavior can be disgusting. Um, can't come on air, but I have been all over the country with both my sons who both played for Cork School Boys Soccer for years. Both played Kennedy Cup representing Cork. And the most vile and aggressive supporters and coaches I've ever encountered were, particularly named team, which I won't name, time and time again. They were a disgrace. And as I say, I've been to inner Dublin, north side Cork, Limerick, and never had a problem. Uh, This person is saying that by comparison to all of Dublin or Limerick, or indeed the north side of Cork City, He's addressing one particular Southside team that he says were a complete disgrace. Um, oh, this is, um no, this is incredible. I was at that game in the referee's defense. He was trying to protect the goalie and somebody was shouting at him about the things that they would do to family members. You see, these are the kind of text. I have a 19 year old son who adores football regularly comes home and says, oh, my God, that ref hated me. I don't go anymore, uh, he's older now, but I went to collect him last week and within 10 minutes to go, a substitution was made and I saw the ref having a bit of banter with the manager. So I said on the way home in the car, God, that ref was very friendly. My son said, are you mad? He, I had shouted, ah, ref, which they all do. And the ref said to him, I'm sick of your attitude and cursed at him and said, once more and you're off. I do think many of the refs have an attitude, to be fair, but it's parents and coaches shouting at the refs, I don't like that. That certainly is out of order too. And that's just a selection. On the reffing of matches, soccer, well, here's another one. Soccer is a game played by gentlemen watched by hooligans. Rugby is a game by hooligans and watched by gentlemen. Um, the, The days we live in now, you can't use the term men anymore because that's assuming that only men go to... Soccer and football matches and hurling and gah and rugby. I was at a game two weeks ago. A coach was giving instruction to a player. He had to shout across the pitch to get the player's attention. Then a parent said, stop shouting at him. The coach said, I have to get his attention. And the parent said, stop shouting. I'm telling you now. Refs and coaches have it hard. Uh, most youngsters don't want their parents at games. And a final one for now. What do these referees want? No parent on the line to watch their kids playing. The referees are the only ones being paid. Remember, yeah. And if they are, I'd say it's pittance. Anyway, your thoughts on that? are welcome text: zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back to the phone lines. Uh, Kira, good morning.
9: Hi, how's it going?
1: On customer service from earlier this week, and I will come back to many texts on that. Your own thoughts?
9: Yeah, I, I said um, I always. I used to work in spare years ago, and uh, I remember, you know, if an elderly person was in the shop, I'd I'd help them bring out their their spuds or, you know, help them into the car or whatever. You'd
1: leave just your you'd leave on, your station you know? to do that.
9: Yeah, but sure look two minutes, you know, they were only outside the door, like, you know? And it might not be busy. Yeah. Or they
1: would they wouldn't ask. That. You'd just be able to know that they were struggling kinda, right?
9: Exactly. Well you'd offer, you know, and you know, some people might not want that that help or whatever. But you offer it if they want it, you give it to them, you know?
1: There would never be any issue with management in doing that, leaving the till or whatever, leaving the floor?
9: No, no, no. It's understandable. And every anybody that might be in the shop would know what you're doing, you know?
1: Vincent said they during the week that customer service, or even polite how are you, or giving people the time of day is a thing of the past. Would you agree with that?
9: I don't know. I, You know, I will. To be fair now, I'm from West Cork. I live in West Cork, so... Maybe things are a little bit different down here, but uh, you good. know, <laughs> I I think you know it, it it costs nothing to be nice. It costs that, nothing to be nice. Know, yeah, and yeah. I yeah. think you know it, it it can brighten someone's day just to say hello, or you know.
1: You continue you know, to do that. I mean, you would go out of your way to you know have the chats.
9: Of course, yeah. Even just you know a little joke or you know some some few words for a couple of fucker for anybody, you know.
1: Good for you. No, well, good for you. Yeah. At the same time, so you don't often see that anymore. You might do it, but, you know, it's a, it's a lovely thing to do.
9: Well, yeah, and it's a it's kind of personal preference, really, each person to the, each their own, as they say. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, if we all made that little effort...
1: Keep doing what you're day. doing. Well done.
9: <laughs> Thanks, Kira.
1: Have a great weekend. Uh, can't come on air, but back a couple of years ago, my husband, not unlike the chap who was on earlier on this morning who can't work because uh, of his heart issues... He was self-employed. My husband was self-employed with another family member um, who also became unemployed. I went to the exchange to ask for payment and I was told no because he was self-employed. However, I got advice from somebody else and I went back the following day and asked if I could claim as I wasn't working and I had a dependent husband. You know, shoe on the other foot. The same girl told me that yes, I could actually claim. And I said to her, why didn't you tell me that yesterday? And she said, quite simply, because you didn't ask. So it would seem that a lot of the time you actually have to know the right questions to ask because the information won't be given to you otherwise. Otherwise, referring to your listener on people spending lavishly while on benefits from the government, I do really agree. I'm a single working parent and because of my pay rate, it's above the minimum wage for family support. However, even so, I have three teenagers, including a pair of 18-year-old twins going to school. So I have high house rental, electricity, gas bills and increased food prices. I cannot afford any luxury at all. I have to work out a weekly budget and also start worrying about college fees coming next year. The benefits are only applicable based on salary rates, but there is no consideration at all on real family conditions. I'm happy to work to support my family, but it pees me off having to pay high taxes and seeing others then living lavishly on handouts from the government. And just one then on this one as well, the person who texted in about where did it all go wrong When you see people who are getting their rent paid for them, my partner has a house rented out to a non-national and two children who are getting HAP. The person whose house he is renting to, uh, the person who's in his rented house, has a sister in another house with two other children. Neither of them have a partner and one of the girls is getting close on a €1,000 every month paid by the taxpayer. Their whole family's over here now. What is wrong? Why do we keep getting screwed over and over. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. Back to the phone lines. Luke, good morning. Good morning. Do you think that customer service is a thing of the past? Uh,
13: no, I don't think customer service is a thing of the
1: past. Why? I, th-
13: I think I, in, in regards, I've actually, um, I think it's not a thing of the past. I've been to many places in County Cork, I'm actually from Cork, I've been to Cork, I've been Dublin, and Kerry and all the places. I've gone to places, and they've given me good information, I've required. you know, I've asked questions, and they've given me, <coughs> they've given me good information in regards.
1: But what about, what about, say, for instance, retail?
13: No, everything's fine in retail. All right, I do find you... yeah. One.
1: No, I'm saying, do you do you start the conversation in retail? Do you know you say, hi, how are you? And they respond.
13: Yes, I do start conversation. Hi, how are you? And they do
1: respond. And that makes a big difference, yeah. It
13: does make a big difference.
1: Okay, thank you for that. Actually, you know when, uh, if you're rude to people or you give them a bit of grief, I saw a very interesting text there recently saying, a tradesman I know was doing work in a house. The owner was very rude and very snotty to him. So before he left, he spotted that she had a good bit of a 2,000-piece jigsaw done on the dining room table. He took 10 pieces of the unfinished jigsaw and left. (laughs) I would call that a good payback story. Back after the break. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, massive response by text to issues involving underage uh, soccer. Uh, Certain referees at an amateur senior level in Cork have terrible attitudes. They enjoy the limelight when a large crowd is in attendance. They adopt the wind-up tactics to initiate arguments with players and coaching staff. Theirs is an I'm-the-boss attitude. Can I remind people that respect goes both ways, says Alan. Did a fella just on the air there say say it was the fellas at the game that nobody, nobody knew caused the trouble? That's the Carrigaline mantra for absolutely everything that happens down in that town. Are you ever going to call it out, Neil? I can't call something out that I didn't see with my own two eyes. That's why there's a huge amount of criticism of Carrigaline and, unfortunately, of Carrigaline United from people who are sending me texts saying that they have been on the sidelines and they've seen a lot of the carry-on, um, and that's unfortunate. I can't stand over any of them. I'm duly reminded of you know giving it due process and letting there be an investigation. But people come talk to me about uh, they were at. An an under 13 match uh, and there were players and parents and coaches at this particular match don't know who was playing well I do know who was playing but I'm calling out the teams they were following the ref and shouting at him after the match Um, and also even before the game was due to start some crowds can be the most intimidating ground for refs especially the parents uh, shouting down um, from pitch side Uh, so there's just a selection of more of them there's quite a lot of them one thing from what I see this morning is there certainly seems to be uh, an issue within uh, junior soccer, and indeed I would also, without wanting to give anybody an advice, advice, I, I think that they're probably doing it already. That Carrigaline uh, United need to take a, a very close look at how things are done, but due care and attention and due process, as they say. So keep those texts coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We're talking a lot about solo travel during the week and I'm going to wrap it up this morning with some incredibly powerful stories Some people who just decided to go solo and did it themselves. Big response to that and thank you to everybody who came back to me on it. Amongst them, Column. good morning. Good morning, how are you? You might actually have the last word on solo travel experiences, so good on you. So tell us your own story. Were you listening to the Indian Pacific train from Perth to Sydney?
14: It was, in fact, it was on television on the 28th um on um the Discovery Channel. Okay, would you and do it then? Would you do the it's like about four days and four nights on the train? Um no, well I would love to do it, but the only thing is I would go I would like to go further, which would take care uh, up to the north of the Isle of um Australia. Okay,
1: well think about think about that then. But what you did cross America solo, did you?
14: I oh, did, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Tell us about that then.
14: Oh well basically I flew into Boston uh, stayed four days Boston and um, the best thing about those places would be is you get a an open top bus and you find out where the best places are but anyhow get on Amtram and go all the way across through Chicago up through the Rockies and down into Portland
1: so Boston yeah. Portland by train
14: yes and is Portland was west coast is it That's over on the west, it's over by uh, San Francisco, um, north of San San Francisco. What was the train conditions like? Did you have a berth? Did you have a cabin? Yes, I I had a berth. Well, you, okay, I personally wouldn't go all that way two and a half, three days without a berth. You wouldn't be much left of you by the time you got to the end. But, um, yeah, you got your breakfast in the morning, you got your evening meals and whatnot, and you stopped on a number of stops and got out and had a look around and that sort of thing. How was the countryside like then, as you're doing that tour? um, You know something now? It was uh, very vast. A lot of it was, um, I would say, not scrubland, but it would be very barren, as you wouldn't see uh, any person or whatnot. It's a massive
1: country, yeah.
14: Yeah. Oh, it's a huge one, and, and until you do go across it by train... You really don't know how big it is. You know, what I mean, if you fly over it, it's just a dot on the ground. Do you meet interesting people on a train for well, all those God, days? Because you'd have um, a viewing, uh, a two-story uh, a viewing um, train section, which would be roof glass, and you would sit there and, as much as you watch the world go watch by. Watch the world go by. That and you'd f- have a ch- yeah Go on. Go on. Yeah. yeah. So you ha- you'd have a chat to anybody that would sit down and they'd come to you because they'd, they they uh, they'd know that I wouldn't be an American or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah and, they'd notice uh, the
1: accent and be curious. Yeah. That's not the only train trip you've done though, nor on the water. Oh, no. Tell us about the other ones.
14: Well, the, last year I went from um, flew to Frankfurt and um, stayed in Frankfurt for a while. Then got a train to Berlin. And then stayed in Berlin for a while and then went from Berlin to Krakow in Poland.
1: What did you do in Krakow? Did you go to Auschwitz, oh, Birkenau?
14: I did, yeah, definitely. And it's you know if that doesn't wake you up. Nothing oh good.
1: man, I've been there. I was yeah. there in the dead of winter with the snow on the ground, and I couldn't ah. help but feel, how could anybody? Sit oh there.
14: yeah, yeah, and it's what the, the items are left. I know. Um. I know, that. I know. But um. But no, it's and I also went up the Nile in uh, <laughs> uh over in Egypt. So. Do <laughs> so you up the Nile or down the Nile? <laughs> well, this they say up the Nile because it's up. Uh, it's. Like, north to south, and south to north. And what, like, how, what was that like, for instance? Oh, that was... There. I had um, eight or ten days there, and, like, you... Again, the amount of people you meet. But, like, I, I like history. So it's one thing to read about Giza and the... Valley Department. of the Kings.
1: Yeah.
14: Oh, yeah. The, uh, but to actually go up and sit on a two-and-a-half-ton block of granite... And I think there's about two point three million blocks to make one of the big pyramids. It's to actually sit and touch one of them rather than read and look at it on television.
1: It's a different world.
14: Oh. was it a plush
1: boat you were on? I mean, was it? Uh, it
14: was, comfortable. Yeah, well, it would be. It would be very. They would be very comfortable. Um, very attentive. Anything you wanted. Uh, there was a top deck with a swimming pool on it. Um. And there was nothing on it that you didn't want. Just
1: sailing then, down the Nile. Like something out of an Agatha Christie novel, isn't it? You're expecting a murder <laughs> and Poirot to arrive kind of thing.
14: <laughs> yeah, well, we could do without that.
1: <laughs> so you said that there's no one better to travel with than yourself. Why?
14: Well, you basically, you come and go. You can do if... Like I do, there is... When I go into a... We just say now, I'm thinking about going to... Um... Uh, Um, Portugal, Lisbon, and then go train from Lisbon to Madrid, Madrid to Barcelona, Barcelona, Paris, and... Is that your next trip? Well, that's the one I'm looking at. Are you retired then that you can do all of these things? More, well, more or less.
1: Yeah, yeah.
14: More or less, you know, Um, well, I mean, you're I'm not uh, I didn't win the lottery or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you as much as you save like probably. You you of know? your communion money I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> That's long gone I can tell you. <laughs> well long listen, gone. thanks
1: for sharing the stories and come back and let Love. us know how the next trip goes, right? I will do, by all means. Fair pleasure. Lovely up. chatting with you, Colum. Have a great weekend. From Column to Colin. Colin, good morning.
13: Hey, good morning. Ian. So How are you, you
1: might—I'm good, and you might be the final solo traveler. Massive response to it. So you have different stories. Two in particular, is it?
13: Um, yeah, I I travel around quite a bit myself. Like, I think uh, the email I sent in—you're probably interested in my, my story of uh, traveling to Havana, Cuba. Is that
1: right? Correct? Yeah, go for it.
13: Yeah. Uh, I listen. The place itself had appealed to me for years, you know, and I wanted uh, what well, one of my bucket list was before I turned fifty. I wanted to go to Havana. I wanted to smoke. Uh, a cigar over there <laughs> I wanted to experience the Latino dancing the Latino women just the, the whole culture of it appealed to me
1: yeah, yeah. So the music got, is got, incredible there incredible
13: it is. Have you been there Neil you I haven't?
1: have been there a couple of times. Ah. Yeah,
13: yeah. Did you did you travel solo, or did you go with her? No, you know, I
1: went yeah? with uh, the family. We all went together.
13: We all went together. And it's 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 for everyone. But I went there solo, basically. So my story is um is basically I got there eleven o'clock at night. You know, you have to get your money when you get over there. Queued up, um, getting the money, got downtown to the hotel. I stayed in a nice place called El Presidente, which is a really cool hotel downtown. The hotels are, you not know, a fantastic. They like, were uh, fabulous, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, they're just
4: ridiculous.
13: Yeah. So in there, 11 o'clock and 11 o'clock, it's very hot. So I went in August, because my birthday is the 14th of You went of for August, a
1: special birthday, didn't you?
13: For my fifty. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you so couldn't was, find a travel fun.
1: buddy, I believe, because everyone was either married with kids or not available or something, is it?
13: Correct, but that's what happens when you get to my age. I mean, I, my personal circumstances, I'm widowed. I'm widowed Is that no, Colin Murphy out of Kinsale? That's right. That's, oh, that's nice chatting with you about. again, yes. pal. Nice chatting yes. with you. Yes, it is. We had a great chat we in October did. 2017. I'm glad
1: that you? you're getting on with things following the thank sad, tragic so loss much. of um, your um, wife. Thank you so much.
13: Thank you for saying, yes, that's right, Peggy. That's your correct. There you go. But, um, so it I was on my list, and generally went over anyway. So anyway... Got there and I said, you know what, it's 11 o'clock at night, I said, you know what, I'm going out. So I went down to the concierge, I said, listen, is there any place I can go for a late drink, bit of a dance, bit of crack? He said, look, go down to this restaurant here, tell him I sent you in there and asked there. So I went down to this place, had something to eat, had a couple of mojitos, ridiculous drink there, by the way. They only, they make it there like no one else makes it. And he said, look, there's a place about three blocks away, walk down there, go in there and he said, you'll have a great night. I walk in there anyway and I'm telling you, the people I met in there. They were they were there was about sixty people in there, all locals. I'm the only tourista there. I'm the only gringo there, the only white person really. I get talking to these people there all night. We crawl over the place at five o'clock in the morning. Were you dancing? You know, Oh, I was dancing. This, this guy actually was trying to teach me Latino dancing and, you know, I would be more of a chicken Stevens dancer <laughs> rather than uh, <laughs> a...
1: daddy dancer.
13: <laughs> yes, exactly. I wouldn't have the Latino moves but the same thing, like this lady actually asked me to dance and I kid you not, The way she moved, I was, I was like, what's the word? I was almost like transfixed by her. Do you know what I mean? It was so cool. She was that good. And the the guys, now to be fair, were the same, but they didn't have that shape to him. So basically, long story short, we kind of became friendly over the next few days. We went to a few places, myself and this group of uh, girls and boys, you know, they were about 20 years younger than me. And one of them turned around to me one night and said, listen, would you like to come to my house for dinner? And I said, well, oh, sure, listen, I travel. I said, I'd love to, yes. So she picked me up in a taxi outside my hotel and she took me to her parents' house, as it turns out. But as I'm going down the blocks in Cuba, you know, you've got the nice place where the, 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 the capital is and all that. It's lovely. But the, the taxi's going about 10 or 15 minutes and we're getting into the, what I would call the shantytown or the atares, they call them in Cuba. Yeah. And it's getting, it's getting kind of scary. So we pull up beside this, um, or what I can only describe as a, a shack, to be honest and I'm looking, first thing I see is a guy walking past with a machete, and I'm not kidding, you know, like, with a dog, a big pit bull in his hand, and everyone for some reason, all the men have their shirts off. They're all in shorts and whatever. So I get out, and she says, come on in, meet my family, like, and I'm I'm looking, I said, are we okay here? She said, okay, Papa is grand. So Papa comes out anyway, and Ernesto is his name, and he's got the scars of his life in his body. As in, like, his face is destroyed, he's got cuts all over his torso
3: what are you and thinking
13: at, at this
1: stage now because you said I, that there I, was pit bulls, machetes yeah. crack houses, scary individuals you what, meet the what dad I'm
13: is, what I'm thinking is I, I'm bitten off more than I can chew here my, my journey is going to end and they're going to rob me and I, I'm literally I got over the cab reluctantly but she, she she took me by the hand and said you'll be okay and this is how exactly it happened so I'm looking at him, he spoke a bit of English We sit down, we actually have dinner, so there's herself, her two kids, her brother, her grandparents and her mother and father living in this, I I could describe as just a hut,
1: but a metal door. Yeah, the things that tourists don't see...
13: No, listen, you would never see it. And you know what? I, I, I reluctantly, uh, I, I was like, I'm still nervous. But this is where the story gets absolutely crazy. So after about an hour, I bought him a, a nice cigar for him to smoke. And I said, look, you can smoke. And he said, oh, thank you so much. And he spoke, he spoke, smoked, sorry. He spoke uh, broken English. Uh, his daughter, Loretta, spoke perfect English. And the rest of them were all Estanola. So I'm like... You know, You're know, trying to speak my little bits and try to communicate. But eventually she says to me, my dad wants to go and get some smoke. You know, what they were talking about was weed. And I'm like, I don't do that. Mm, Fine. Mm. So I said, look, OK. And she said, but don't tell anyone. So we went for a walk to go to the place, to get the weed. So we're going another three or four blocks and I can see it's getting worse and worse. Uh, Neil. It really is. So we find this building is concrete. Literally concrete and there's steps up to it. There's a guy standing outside and I know from watching movies, he's a guard, he's watching. He's a scary hombre. He's a
1: scout on duty, yeah. Yeah.
13: Completely. So we go up the steps anyway and it's literally, there's a guy cooking the crack, a kid in, in one room. He's got all the gear on like Breaking Bad and I'm standing there, my back to the wall. There's pit bulls, pit bull puppies around. And I'm looking at these guys are, these are the real deal. They're scary dudes. They were they interested in. They
1: look, in you at all while you were there?
13: They, I was with him and the, the father, the papa, Ernesto, was obviously a bit of a, bit of a man. So they kind of feared him. And as long as I was with him, she assured me I would be okay. And she had told me that one of the guys that was cooking was a guy that she went to school with, and it was all okay. But I'm still thinking, no, I'm not coming over. I've made a mistake here. I'm the one with the money in my pocket because they're, they're very little means over there, and I've my wallet on me. I've my like, everything. I said I'm, I, I'm in trouble here. So basically, and this, this this sounds funny, but it's a true story. I get talking to one of the guys across the way. We do the transaction, shall I say? And he looks at me. Where are you from? I said. Ireland, and you know the first thing he said to me? Blarney Castle. Can you believe that? <laughs> I thought it might be All Roy Keane. No, Blarney Castle. <laughs> was
1: was uh, usually Roy Keane. Not.
13: And I just nodded, and that nod made me feel safer.
1: The dad, what was so, he buying?
13: The, the dad was buying uh, weed, smokies, for the week, and yeah. he wanted me to buy it for him. He didn't have any means, so I bought him a few cigarettes, and they, they had fresh ones made up for him, and we just, I kind of do you know what? I was to the back. My back was against the wall, basically, all the time. So we got over there anyway, went back to the house. They had done their thing. The, the lady went in into the room, changed, came out like a, a supermodel, and she said, let's go dancing.
1: Amazing, isn't it? She
13: was a, she was a salsa dancer, so she'd was go a, into the clubs and get paid for it. You it know? was a great
1: experience to have. It was It was a great experience because you stayed safe and nothing happened, but you got to see the other side of life. <laughs>
13: I did. And you know, there's, there was a, there was a, there's a, just to, to ramble on there. They were, well, before I went to Havana, you know, you look up on to- trip advisor, where to go and what to do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And you try to take advice. There was a very interesting tourist of America that traveled there years ago. And they told a story on BBC travel about, they were told never to pick up a, 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 a hitchhiker in, in Cuba because mm. they might, they might mug you. Mm. But this couple broke the rule and they become lifelong friends with these people, and they're still friends with them.
1: Yeah, I know, Do You know,
13: I know. So Great sometimes story. you have to, but your, um, I think sometimes your gut tells you, but I can honestly say that one trip, and I've I travelled a bit, I've been to South Africa, I've been to an awful lot of nice countries around the world, I, I'd like to travel, you know, some mo- mostly solo, but, um, you know, there's it's, it's nothing like it but this one in Havana it was just it was it was too close for comfort I actually I was very
1: lucky Yeah, yeah you probably realised that next morning when you woke up and said wow it could have gone so differently couldn't it
13: Yes, yes, yeah. and like I said, when the lady came to the house, uh, came to the house, came to the hotel the next day, and I said, "Look, I was scared last night." She said, "Like I said to you, my papa take care." I said, that's fine for you, I said, but this is so much out of my uh, my my, Comfort door too. Do yeah, nice fun. Yeah, nice but it nice was fun.
1: it
13: was still a cool. Uh, but we we'll go back to even Cuba. It's you've been there, you know like the places there, like Vinales and Trinidad and uh, the Bay of Pigs. I loved it. it. I don't know how it changed
1: it is now since it got opened up, no disrespect to it, to Americans, probably overrun now. It was a much kind of calmer um, place then, you know. It was
13: still okay. I was yeah. there in um, 250. I was there, in, uh, um, two, or I was there a few years ago, four years ago. Oh, now. It's been and been
1: it, much longer since was, I
13: was there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? It still had the charm. Like you could literally, you could meet a tour guide on the side of the streets, male or female, and say can you give me a tour of the city you give them 20 bucks and they're your not your they'll give you a free tour of the city they'll take you to all the nice places
1: I did that actually we got a tour guide that we met and uh, it cost us very little we obviously gave her an extra tip because you want to give them value for money but she was a working doctor in the hospital that was doing tours on the side because the money is shocking like she could be on she could be on $200 a month kind of thing you know
13: correct, but that's the thing, and, but, and then you can go down the main strip, and you see ladies of the night they're working, and that's the site yeah. you don't want to see yeah. but it's reality, but the fact is I mean, I, I thought, it, it, it definitely one of the best experiences I've great had in my life great. I'm glad you
1: shared yeah. the story Colin, I know there were others uh, and I may well come back to them, but I'm <laughs> under pressure for time now, but great talking <laughs> to you again Listen, thank you so much. Cheers, and, uh, you man. have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me Take you. care. Colin Murphy, take care of yourself. Uh, text 0868104106 now, lads, because we are looking for you to nominate a business for our Brinks box. So I will give out, well, I have four digits of a code, right? I give out the first three digits. Uh, text now, text who you are and where you are um, and nominate a business, right? You get on the air then, and you can try and guess the correct fourth digit. If you pop the safe open, I'll give you €300 cash, and the business you're nominating goes into our draw just before midday to get the Brinks box. It'll be put in your office. You put all your cash into it. It's automatically digitally put into your bank account. When your Brinks box is full, the Brinks people come along, and they collect it securely, and they bank it for you. So we have that to give away on Friday. But €300 cash if you... Can guess the correct fourth digit of the code, I'll give you three chances. So text now. Nominate a business. uh, Text 0868104106. The Neil
2: Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after
1: midday. 0818 104106. Massive response to our solo travel stories all week. Keep them coming, though, because they are great fun. But we have to pick a winner for it, and I think it's only fair to say uh, that from the point of view of what people were texting following my chat this time last week, describing her as fab, as a breath of fresh air, Uh, for her next trip apparently she's going to do some kind of a train trip through the Alps, but the one that she did was the trip on her lonesome to New Orleans Mardi Gras down to Tennessee and on to Nashville she did the whole nine yards and that of course is Betty who joins me by phone Betty good morning
5: oh hi me it's a week since oh, we chatted oh I'm shocked it feels I'm long- shocked.
1: Yeah, there was a great response to our chat I mean all have you heard the stories during the week they were all great
5: Oh fantastic I didn't think I'd ever hope at all Well
1: you did They were and, brilliant And for you I have dinner for two I'm assuming oh. you can get, You might be a solo traveller But you need to bring Somebody to dinner with you
5: Oh my god Of course I'm will. looking forward
1: to it So we've dinner for two For you With a nice bottle of wine At Spitjack oh. On Washington Street If you've never eaten There before you will. Have you eaten there before?
5: I haven't No
1: You will love the food The food is divine
5: Oh boy, you know I, you know I love what the my food you,
1: Well, the minute you walk in the door you get the fabulous aromas in there It's a beautiful building and great food So enjoy that, alright? Oh
5: fantastic, Neil, you're so good, thanks a million Well, the
1: trip was just such a great story taking in oh, Elvis Presley's God. house and everything
5: yeah, I got so, so much flagging. <laughs> Even people were beeping their cars when I'm a-walking <laughs> and shouting out that I was a bad mother. <laughs> you're a very bad mother. You're not leaving anything to your kids. <laughs> you need to spend it.
1: There's no hitch with a <laughs> horse. Oh,
5: my God. Oh my. As I said, there'd be nothing left.
1: Well, you're dead right, girl. Enjoy it while you can. Isn't it true? <laughs>
5: <Thank> <laughs> so much, need. Delighted it for it you, you, Benny.
1: Any idea what pal you're going to bring with you?
5: I don't know I don't know what I'm going to do because I didn't think I'd stood it well, chance well don't be giving it to
1: anyone that was slagging you right about being a bad mother
5: I know <laughs> and you can imagine what I showed in.
1: give it to your daughter she's the one that wants you to leave something behind so bring oh, your daughter
5: yeah, I, <laughs> I probably will myself and Debbie yeah All right, or well, myself and my son you enjoy Forget it Betty it. well
1: done thanks for I the will, story of
5: course thank you so much God me. bless
1: take care thank enjoy you. it dinner now, for bye. Two. thank you to Spitjack for dinner for two with wine and Betty's certainly deserves it. You're talking about women. There's a very charitable bunch of Northsiders, mostly Northsiders, have put huge work uh, into this and they are going to run a beauty and fashion event this Sunday in the Maldron Hotel on the South Mall. Now, 100% of the proceeds for this fashion event will go directly to House Women's Refuge. And every hair and makeup professional is donating their time and products free. And they can be booked on a walk in basis at a discounted price if you would like to support this fashion event, beauty and fashion event, this Sunday at the Maldron. Now, it's a tenor in with coffee and cakes and raffles. There's no obligation on you to buy anything. Uh, many hotels have donated prizes along with the businesses. So your tenor gets you in for the coffee and the cakes and some great raffle prizes. There'll be music throughout the Sunday afternoon. Uh, audio and video of the occasion will be carried out, uh, will be shown on the Cinderella's project Instagram page as well, just for the record. But 100% of the proceeds on Sunday at the beauty and fashion event at the Maldron will go directly to Edel House Women's Refuge. And God knows with the stories that I've been sharing over the last week or 10 days, Edel House need all of the help that they can get for women and children in need and in need of refuge. So I just mentioned that because a great event. 100% of the proceeds go to your Dell House and a good bunch of charitable Northsiders have put all this work together. Beauty and fashion events Sunday afternoon in the Maldron on the South Mall. Do be there. I don't actually have a starting time for that, but I will clarify that and find what time. But it certainly would be, I'd imagine, from lunchtime onwards. OK, so the Brinks box calls from during the week. All right. We have four businesses already in the final. One of them will win. We'll be adding a fifth business and doing the draw for the Bringsbox. But ahead of that we still have one more prize to give away by way of 300 euro cash. Right? So we have some callers standing by. And I love this text. It said, I'd love to nominate my parents' pub, The Ramble Inn, in Halfway. My parents are old school. It's a lengthier text than that sent by Elaine Barry, their daughter. Elaine, good morning.
12: Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good.
1: Is it a beautiful little old-fashioned pub?
12: I tell you now, it's absolutely fantastic. But it's not all that small, there's,
1: actually. I often drive past no, it. No,
12: no, no. I tell you now, there's a huge yard, a fabulous lounge, and a lovely quaint bar. So it has room for everything. Whether you want to come in for a nice cosy drink or you want to have a party, it has everything. You just for want to everybody.
1: ramble in. Who'll be there? Alan and Barry, is it?
12: Alan and Mary are there the whole time 24-7 you're and, guaranteed to meet them and, and their me, characters do you have any film. little
1: bit of history about the pub was it in the family for a long time or what
12: Well, I do, because my mum grew up in the halfway and she worked there as a young girl. So my dad's from Cargilline originally and they were living in Cargilline and the pub came up for sale and she said, you know what, now I've worked in it as a child and I want to go back there. And they're there 45 years. Isn't that amazing? A small girl as a waitress
1: went on to buy the pub. Is it a very old pub?
12: Oh God, the pub is hundreds of years old and I actually tried to go back there recently um, because it was called something else years hundreds of years ago yeah. and it's just um, it's, it's, it's around the long time.
1: I'm delighted it's still thriving and still on the go it okay is. Is. so for you the possibility to win 300 euro cash and get them in the final for a Brinks box which will be installed in the Ramble Inn in halfway so I have a yeah. four digit code here right and I will give you the okay. first three digits you have three guesses then to get the fourth and final digit, okay. So, okay. four-digit code to open the safe: nine six five something
12: seven.
1: Okay. Uh, Second guess. Uh,
12: okay, uh, two.
1: Nine six five two. <laughs> you know what that means
14: I do I do I do I do I you do. just won
1: 300 euro cash and it's Athletic. not Mammy and Danny's I'm... cash it's yours
12: well I tell you now I'm in Amsterdam my husband and four buddies and I'm sure he's bought a good use where are you going I'm here now. We you're in Amsterdam morning. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Literally just arrived this morning. Don't you be
1: spending it on any wacky backing or anything.
12: <laughs> well, I can't promise you anything, but you're lucky. You?
1: <laughs> I can't get the three hundred euro to you in Amsterdam, but spend no, it on the basis it'll be here when you get back. All right. Neil,
12: thank you so Do much. I got to ask you, you, why, did you pick
1: num- why did you pick the number two? I
12: don't know 7 was my first one because 9 went yesterday and 2 was just
1: a guess Just random numbers Well done Alright well yeah. listen you're into the final the 5th and 5th fi- fi- and final business but 300 euro cash for you so well done Neil
12: thank you
1: so much have a lovely weekend You got it you too we need to do the draw now for the Brings Bringsbox that's incredible I mean it's just sheer pot luck as always uh, correct correct 9652 wins 300 euro cash back after the break
2: Call the Neil Prenderville show now 081 one eight one zero
1: four one zero six. Red FM. Uh, and he saw this when I got off the air yesterday. Yesterday was um, World uh, Book Day. Yesterday, and uh, the great Trevor Welsh got in touch. The broadcaster sent out a lovely tweet talking about the book that he wrote with his brother Noel. It's called Jolly Roger, uh, the Jolly Roger. It was for those that uh, flew the pirate Radio flag way back in the in the day. Uh, it's a fabulous book, actually. And he was just sending out positive vibes yesterday to all of the pirate Radio jocks who flew. The Jolly Roger. That book is still available. It's a super read if you're interested in Cork through the back end of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the noughties but primarily earlier than that with regards to how radio started out and pirates started and where everybody started and went then you can pick up a copy of the book. It's well worth the read. It really, My son's reading it at the moment and it's great to see him reading it to understand like, you know, I suppose what his dad did way back in the day. It's called The Jolly Roger and you can get it where all good books are sold. The nice reminder. Thank you for that, Trev. Last bunch of shadows for Free Food for- Friday. Morning to everybody at P. O'Connell's Food Hall, Butchers in the Lock. Hi Tina. To everybody in uh, Little Hands, Childcare Care and Redemption Road, Northside Tires on the Old Mallow Road, Kirby Car Dismantling in Middleton, Mac Lock, Locksmiths, Country Farm Supplies, AOC Commercials. People are sending me some lovely notes as well. I don't have time to read into them. Uh, for everybody who's working at Johnson and & Perrott's and Bishopstown, t- Tiny Learners in Magdalene Grove and Toker, uh, the Agency and Operations Department at Doyle Shipping need feeding, Blackwater Motors are listening in Fort. Hill, Power ag- Aggregates in Carrick Tool, the Old School House Creche in Knockraha, CE1A at Boston Scientific, the Complete Upholstery Center and Foam Service on Barrick Street, High Street Books, the Office and Warehouse in Ballycoreen, Janice, the celebrant at bespoke wedding ceremonies, exhausted because American brides keep ringing in the middle of the night. <laughs> organ carriage and Kerry Pike Irish Removals in Bishopstown and Conor O'Shea's Cardiology in the Lee Clinic Building Stone in Dripsy Donovan Auto Services Mox Bar. Fine pub. Liam Lara Engineering and Carrick Tool, Kita Products, House of Hair Can Sale, Co Trans, Cope Transport in Montanati, Sheehan Plumbers, the Inniscara Waterworks, Cronin's Commercials in Don Manway, Auto Express Dublin Hill, Claire at Style and Hair Beauty um, in Ballinhasig, Cattle Premier Auto Parts, one or two more, Little Island Dental, Shipping Solutions and the endoscopy ward at the matter private. So we'll have to pick a winner for Free Food Friday for this week, and 15 to 20 of you will be fed, courtesy of ourselves and roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So just ahead of that, I was mentioning the big event uh, that's been put together this Sunday in the Maldron and the South Mall. 100% of the proceeds go to House. but I didn't have a start time. So in fairness, Jackie was right on the ball and joins me by phone. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Cause what, what time? Because a great event and I want to drive as many people there as we can. What time?
15: Fantastic. It'll be starting at half as 12 in say the Maldren in South Mall and it'll be running since 6 o'clock. In well the
1: evening. done. Half 12 to 6. Yeah. And you've managed to get an awful lot of hair and makeup companies to come on board.
15: Oh, I have. And it's absolutely been phenomenal. The support that I've had to receive from all the girls. Uh, Pamela from Sorby Brown, Lisa Hogan. They'll be coming in as hairstylists. We have fantastic uh, beauticians coming in, uh, makeup artists, Paula Cairns, Lindsay Nagel. I could go on. The the, the support that's behind this is absolutely phenomenal. And, of course,
1: all of the proceeds to House. What motivated all you charitable Northsiders to put this together?
15: I tell you now, Neil, I was sitting with a friend of mine up in her salon, uh, Elma Elma Namsik, and she she planted the seed, if you like, because she wanted to do something to give back. And... She's actually gone over to Australia, so I'm carrying the torch for her. So she just wanted to take something back. And with the Cinderella Project, it's actually the se- the second event that we've up and running just to pay it back with kindness because there's many people out there, Neil, and you've heard many stories. I'm telling stories
1: all the last week yeah. and, and, and yeah. they're awfully sad. Awfully it's sad. It's
15: pretty, pretty harrowing because we're in, a, we're in a privileged position that we're able to do this and to give back because I've worked with Edel House over the years, with Claire Harrington, who's phenomenal, and she does great work herself. So for us to be able to do this and for the support of all the girls is at the blow in my mind. It's, it's a real coming
1: price. together, not just all of the girls who are doing the hair and the makeup and the beauty, but oh, the hotels of Cork have prizes. given you loads of prizes for the raffles as well, which is great.
15: There, I'm telling you now, Neil, I have over 30 spot prizes from uh, many businesses, side. There were two hotels that couldn't accommodate us on the day or after giving us pop prizes. Niamh the maldrin herself is absolutely absolutely phenomenal. And the hotel itself um, are absolutely fantastic. Well so said. There's the music there's, as well,
1: I think, Jackie, isn't there? Oh, we
15: have we, we a have DJ, Colin, who's coming in on the day. So we'll have music all day. We have a lady coming in doing mini readings for those who want to sit down and have a little reading. There'll be, there'll be tea, coffee, there'll be cakes, there'll be good atmosphere, as he said, you're not obliged to come in and get your hair Those readings
1: start, are artists. gas, aren't they? aren't they? Are they like, what, cards or something? Or a crystal be, ball? Yeah, she does, or she's, reading she's your palm? An
15: energy, yeah, she's an energy healer. So look, I think everybody <laughs> I could do it a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of that, but as I said, it'll be a, it'll be a fun day for everybody. So half twelve till
1: around about six o'clock. 12. It's a tenner in with coffee and cakes and raffle tickets, and then if you want to give and proceeds, you can do that as well. Oh,
15: you can! And as I said, look yeah. if you if you want to treat yourself, you can get your hair and makeup with a glass of prosecco if you're going out afterwards. If not, you can come in and browse around in our in our uh, pop-up boutique. The dresses we're after getting Neil is phenomenal. Love, cherish, Jola, Olivia uh, Olivia um, from RT herself. Diffany uh, I think, is her name. Sorry, my apologies. But they, you, I, what, what people I'm should thinking? also
1: put on their own best clubber and get the goonas on. Oh, listen, it's
15: going to be an amazing day out, as they said. All right. the, the time and effort that's gone in from all the girls is good phenomenal. Longer. And it is a good day out. And as I said, it's all for Adele House. Everything is going to Adele House. So there's beautiful dresses, shoes. We have a stylist coming in, Evelina. So she's um, a personal stylist. So you can come in and get that little treat if you want as well.
1: You can't we stop a North Sider talking. Do you know that, Jackie? No, you, listen, can.
15: <laughs> you can't. We have to get it in there. We have to get it in there because of all the work that's gone. And we want everybody to come in all the ladies, come in and treat themselves. And Sunday, the Modern Hotel,
1: things. half 12, all the proceeds to Adele House Fantastic. Women's Refuge. Well done, much Jackie.
15: Appreciate it for taking the time. You're more today. than welcome. Give You're more than Thank welcome.
1: Thank you very, very much. Take care of yourself. Come
15: all. Look forward to seeing you all. There. All Thank the best. Take care. Take go care. There. Free Thank Food
1: Friday winners for today, for this week. It'll feed 15 to 20 of you. Let me set myself together here now and get this worked out. I should be able to go to line three and see if I have Anthony from the endoscopy ward at the Matter Private. Anthony, good morning. Good morning. The endoscopy ward sounds quite painful, <laughs> even saying it. <laughs> anyway, uh, take some time off to enjoy lunch today. How many of you are there?
11: There's about 15 to 20 of us here today. How many of
1: you got around you right now? I have about four or five. Oh, you'll have, have to... Let's see what kind of noise... Let's see what kind of noise four or five of you can make in your own time. Give us a big cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hungry down there, guys?
2: Yeah!
1: <laughs> well, this will feed 15 to 20 of you, so get people from the other wards as well and feed them all, all right? Yeah. enjoy it enjoy it I think they have to stay quiet, they're in a hospital maybe, anyway well done to all the endoscopy ward of the matter, this week's winner winners of Free Food Friday Okay, we need now to pick a final winner, so we should have five finalists, five different businesses now and one of them will be picked to get the Brinks box installed in the back office and on Monday we had Barry Trigg in Blarney who wanted to give it to the Joshua Tree on Blarney Street on Tuesday it was Amanda who was talking about Urban Retreat on Broderick Street in Middleton, on Wednesday it Stacia O'Donovan the owner of Sweetness Hair and Beauty on the Watercourse Road on Thursday it was Mary-Claire Kyo from Tanner Tyres in New we had a great laugh with her do you remember And she was able to she can change the tyres on a tractor she
10: was very good wasn't she
1: and this morning we had Elaine Barry who wants to nominate the parents pub the Ramble Inn in Halfway okay so five of them what have you done
9: I've popped them all into a Little Red FM Cup so, all five pieces of paper there Will I reach over to you, Neil. Do you want, do you want to me it to do it? Cup? Okay, yeah, go on. Can
1: you, can you reach over there and we'll give it a go and see how you get on with it? This one here, let's see what we got. Brinks box will be installed in the business of. The, did it, uh, the Joshua Tree on Blarney Street. So, Barry Trigg and Blarney nominated the Joshua Tree Bar on Blarney Street. They take a fair bit of cash. Can we get him on the phone, actually, as quick as we can? Let's see what line you can get them on. Well done, you got them up there. They're actually all standing by Barry!
8: Hi Neil, how's it going? They
1: take a fair bit of cash in the Joshua Tree are they not tap and go merchants in there no, no? No, no, no no. he'd be delighted with this Who's the governor there? Uh,
9: it's
0: Bill Bill is his name he's oh. my father and I'm trying to get in his good books for the last <laughs> 10 years so
1: this is going to Well you got to be safe for all of his cash he's going to love you for that <laughs> Great, that's brilliant Well done Barry 300 euro for you and the Brinks box for the Joshua Tree on Blarney Street Congratulations pal
8: Excellent. Thanks a All
1: right, you'll be, you'll get Excellent. a couple of free points this weekend, I say we might, you, we might. you might you should well done thanks to Bringsbox for that thank you Claire fair play uh, listen I tell you what Tracy Butler our winner for the Pat Short tickets got back in touch to tell she's been struck down with Covid would you believe it so she can't go to the gig in the Opera House so we have tickets for the Pat Short gig I'll open the phone lines now if you want to scoop them and thank you Tracy for coming back and saying that you couldn't go so they won't be wasted so pick up the phone on that 0818 104 106 for Pat Short uh, at the Opera House uh, lines will stay open on 0818 8104106. Text 086 8104106. Busy week. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. For
0: more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.